where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Nasty on a Thursday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. 201. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Woo! Beautiful last night, boys. You know, it's been a it's been a rough season. Mm-hmm. It really has. But you get a comeback victory like that last night where you're rolling offensively. Pitching not great again, but you get that comeback victory. Led by the offense, and Jordan Walker touches seats in the manner that he did. Boy, that, that'll turn around your season. Anthony, what a way to turn things around. I'm not saying they're going to come back and win the division. I am. Okay, fine. But to set that up, you got Wilson Contreras, who's been knocking the snot out of the ball lately. He hits that little whoops, taparoo there, and then outruns the pitcher to first base. Head first, slide safe at first, and then walk it like it's hot, Anthony. You know your guy. No doubt. He comes up. He walked around those bases, didn't he? He popped that thing Mm. upper deck. Bam. Over the bullpen. How do you like them apples? That's the way you turn your season around. Now his 1-2 pitch. Runners take off. Little tapper in front of the mound. The runners will advance. Double clutch, and he threw it away. Down the line. One run scores. Goriano around third. He's going to score. The hell was Why that? is Chip Carey calling? What was that? That was a Braves. That was back when Chip Carey was with the Braves. Ah, uh, Anthony, I, I don't think so. What was the that Bra- from? I mean, the Braves and the Marlins. It was Chip Carey. It was Bally Sports Midwest, I, I believe. Well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was uh, Bally Sports uh, Southeast. Mm. Is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> Bally Sports Southeast. Uh, Did you guys <laughs> not watch the rest of the game? Well, Did you not watch the bottom so, of the ninth inning? Here's how it goes for me is uh, I had the herd over last night, which is when I had Colin Cowherd? N- nope. No, not quite. When I have all of my kids and their boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, we have, I mean, we, I call it the herd. We mm-hmm. have like 10, 11 people over for dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm out there on the new flat top, by the way, Anthony. Nice. Flat top. I got burgers going like a, it's like I own the place. Just flipping those bad boys, letting the cheese melt on top. I was sneaking a peek, but then Jordan Hicks was on the bump. He had one out. Mm-hmm. He's he, he had one drop off the table, 102 mile an hour sinker that the guy swung at. That's it. What else do I need to watch? He's been perfect this season in save opportunities. He's been yeah. great. Yeah, I turned it off. 
Who wouldn't? Yeah. Hmm. What well, happened? Well, guys, the Cardinals, well, they found another way to lose. What? They found another way to lose. They lost. Why well, I gotta hear about this. They lost. How'd they lose, Marshy? Now, Anthony, don't throw things yet. We don't know. Okay. Well, there goes the chair. What? They lost. We spun the wheel. Bullpen. Boom. Bullpen problem. They lost. gave up a home run? No. Actually, actually, it was a little dribbler right back to Jordan Hicks. Did he get hurt on the play? No, he just airmailed it right over Paul Goldschmidt. Wait, threw what? it too hard. He threw it too soft, Anthony. You ever heard of that game called 500 where they just throw the ball in the air and everyone's yeah. like, 100. Yeah, you got to. That's 50. basically what happened. Then Except when you get for he's throwing it to the fans. It's one thing to fail when you're when it's too hard, yeah. But when it's too soft and to fail, it's kind of embarrassing. Very great. I mean, great point, Jamie. Thank you. Yeah, I turned the game off just like I turned off the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl and the uh, the Titanic <laughs> movie after the first half. I figure all is well. Falcons won the Super Bowl and the Titanic <laughs> arrived safely. Uh, oh yeah, Anthony's doing well still to this day. Ooh. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is, uh, okay, all jokes aside, what a disaster. I, I am watching that game last night, and I cannot believe what I just saw. <laughs> don't, don't you do it. Don't you start mixing that. Do not. What? You can't believe you can't, it, or can you believe it? Because I can't believe that, it. You can't use that call. Even when you're joking, Jamie, I know you're joking. You can't use that call. <laughs> All right, for this. Well, either way, I, it's always been a massive mystery for me how the pitchers can throw at 100 miles an hour, and good pitchers can like circumcise a gnat in mid-flight, like just no problem. Mm -hmm. And then you get a comeback to the pitcher, and it's like they have never seen a baseball before in their lives. They throw it over to first base, and it's always the most awkward-looking throw ever. Anthony, I told Marshy, if you hit 50 baseballs back to me to the pitcher's mound, and I was right where Jordan Hicks was at, 50 times out of 50, I would pass that. I would successfully throw it to first base. How the hell is Jordan Hicks not able to throw that thing to first base? No, it doesn't matter. It does, Anthony. Looks Stop like that. He, it looks like he lost the grip on it. Here's the problem. He oh, fumbled, he really needed a grip. Kind of fumbled with it a little bit. You just throw it. You palm it over there. I think he did. All he had to do is not throw it where he threw it. So <laughs> Anywhere else, Goldie's got a chance at it. How about Goldie, too? He goes, he just stood there. He didn't even move. He was nah. like, okay. Yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead, Mark. But they had a double steal going on that, on that pitch. So that dribbler hits back to Hicks. When he grabs the ball... I forgot who was on third base uh, or rounding third base, but he was almost like halfway home. So I don't know if it even matters if he throws the first on a line. I don't know if Goldschmidt can even get him at home. We got a tie game either way, two outs runner at third. Maybe the Cardinals still find a way to blow it. It's just a funny way to blow it, the way that it happened. Uh, hmm. mm -hmm. Well said. Thank yeah. you. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So the wheel of sadness, though, the wheel of sadness was correct. It's undefeated. Yes. Yeah. It said bullpen. Mm -hmm. And it's technically the bullpen. Oh, it absolutely was. I mean, he didn't give up the three-run ding-dong Johnson, but he, no. he he almost threw the ball into the stands. <laughs> no, Jordan Jordan Hicks wasn't the only issue. I feel like what? we say this about the season. This one guy wasn't the only problem last night. You have Matthew Libertor pitching on short rest. 
That didn't go well. Oh, come on. Who saw that go? He's Who saw that go? How old is he? 24 <laughs> years old. Short rest. Come on, man. Like, I remember those days being 23, 24. You could go out all night and play the next day. Matthew Libertor, short rest. Come on. Come on. He didn't have anything good. He had no stuff, and the stuff he had was not good. It was batting practice from the left side this time. Well, then Dakota Hudson took over and threw batting practice from the right side. Yeah. How do you come up? You're you're called up, and I, I feel bad for Dakota Hudson because you get called up, you have an opportunity, and that's what you do with it. Well, but okay, but what? Perfect. That's your opportunity. It was. Have we seen enough of these guys? By the way, have well, we seen enough of Dakota Hudson? Do we? Do we have a good? Seen enough? He just showed up. I mean, come on. Last couple of years, have yeah. we seen enough of the Dakota Hudsons, the Jake Woodfords? I'm not, We're giving them all opportunities. I'm not disputing it at all. At all. It's. It's just kind of sad. It's a pathetic season. It's a pathetic season. These guys are wound so tight. It's just, it, your offense is good enough. It really is. It's it's an above-average offense. You scored nine runs, Anthony. It could be an absolutely dangerous <laughs> offense. We, we'll never know. You scored nine runs, Anthony. You should probably... Should have scored 11. Should probably win the ball game. That's another one of those ones, the Cardinals. We talked about seven runs or more in a game. Mm-hmm. You score that many runs, Anthony, you should be winning the ball game flat out. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I'm just looking at this right now. So they scored nine runs in a loss. They scored seven runs in a loss. They scored, uh, where do you want to cut it off? Like seven? Whoa. Five. They scored five, ones and five runs in a loss. It's, I'm, I don't know. I'm just getting. I'm getting depressed. Anthony, you sound very irritated. Seven. I mean, what are we doing? We still got half a season left. It's not even the All Star break. Not. It's not even the All Star break. Can't wait. And I thought they were done with Miami. I thought last. I thought it was over with last night. Apparently, they got another game. <laughs> what? That's a four game. Got to play them again. Apparently, never... got another game against. Jorge Soler and Luis Arise. Soler Flair. And I, uh, the Cardinals made a move today, Anthony. We wanted a shakeup. We got one. We got one. Marshy, what's our shakeup? Uh, so Matthew Libertor, no uh, longer on the big on the big team. And we have hmm. Ryan Leahy, Mr. Leahy. Yeah, good. Joining the squad. Yeah, he'll be now, good. How do you feel, Anthony? I feel great. Right-handed pitcher. Yeah. It's going to make his major league debut. Throws about 90, 93, right around there. pitch-to-contact pitcher, okay? I know you haven't heard this before. Mm -hmm. He's got a little bit of sinker, down Mm. low in the zone, gets a lot of ground balls, Anthony. Good. Good. That's what this team needs. They've got way too many guys that throw hard. They've got way too many guys that miss bats. They need to utilize this defense more. You know what I'd like to see? Some absolute missiles hit at infielders. Because we haven't seen that at all. <laughs> this is pathetic. Okay, well, let's give the kid a chance, okay? I guess it's not his fault. He's coming into a really horrible situation. Well, save the season, kid. It's on you. <laughs>
John Denton also tweeting out two minutes ago that Tommy Edmonds said he felt intense pain in his right wrist, first on the inside and later on the outside. While taking batting practice on Wednesday, he was scratched from the starting lineup and his availability is in question for tonight's game against the Marlins. Perfect segue because apparently the lineup's out. This should be fun. More Cardinal sadness next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. That sound means it's time to play the lineup game here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN as the Cardinals conclude their series uh, mercifully against Miami. I want a little energy out of you, All Anthony. Right. Okay, uh, the Cardinals may not have that, but we, on the other hand, we can. We can't let them bring us down. All right, you know better now. Okay, so let's I'm get ready. hyped here. All right, okay, let's so get hyped for tonight's lineup. game. What? Oh, uh, yeah. Jack Flaherty versus Perez. Perez, the right-hander for Miami. Mm. So we get a righty. Is Tommy Edmond in the lineup, you think, Jamie? I say no. What say you? Why would he be? Because he's a competitor and he knows the season is on the line now every single game. Yeah, but if I'm Molly Marmel, I'm looking at it going, look at this guy plays everywhere where I put him. I really can't afford to have him injured for an extended period of time. If he's got a tweak or something, like mm-hmm. let's give him a day here at least. No way. All right, so Brendan Donovan, first guy. Yeah. All right. By the way, Brendan Donovan, I wanted to bring this up. Um, let's see here. Brendan Donovan. Nice As a utility time. player, he leads the National League with 166 WRC+, plus, third best overall, only behind Otani and Corey Seager. His WRC+, plus is 66% above league average. Wow. It's pretty, I mean, for a year of terrible Cardinal baseball, at least we're getting some good stuff out of Brendan Donovan. You're so. right, Jamie. You're right. <laughs> I don't like your attitude. Show us Brendan Donovan, please. All right, way to go, Donnie. I think, you know what, Marshy? It's a good number. Cardinals are 16 games below 500, okay. but I like, I like the Donovan just, number. Just be quiet, okay? Marshy? Here's a, I got a project for you. Okay. Between now and, and Monday. And okay. Anthony, you can participate too. I'm going to write this down. For a change. And what we're going to do is we're going to start, we'll get some, <laughs> what? We'll get some new headers for these guys. Okay. Like, all rise. That, it hasn't worked. It's worked for Donnie, but we're about the team. Okay. The team. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we so, just need all new ones something even if it's Fresh. not even if it doesn't have anything to do with their name a, a cool yeah just something music drop what something about, what about walk it like it's hot though uh walk well, it like it's hot that's fine that can stay ish but he hasn't been here all year what we need to i think we should have Anthony we need to set some ground song. rules some ground rules like who gets to stay who has to go like, is Paul DeYoung, oh, I, is I'm, he done? I think uh, Paul DeYoung's got to go. Montgomery's got to go. Flaherty's got to go. No, the Sounders. No, the Anthony. Sounders. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I thought the... No. That's my fault. You're not wrong. That's Anthony, on me. you're one step ahead of us. My you bad. Are. My bad. All right, so uh, Paul Goldschmidt. At the, uh, in the two-hole? Yeah. Where else would you want Goldie? Show us 
Paul Goldschmidt. Sorry, guys. Mm. <laughs> Maybe he's getting a day off. Oh, he's getting him off his feet today. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he, he, he's getting him off his feet after he watched that ball <laughs> 17 feet over his head in the ninth inning. <laughs> As soon as as soon as he saw as soon as Ollie saw Goldschmidt's reaction, he's like, uh, "I'm gonna give him the day off tomorrow." <laughs> he might have strained something trying yeah. to, uh, you know, attempt to catch that ball. Right. Yeah, so. his motivator cuff. Okay, so no Goldie here. <laughs> uh, was it Newt? He used to double down. Remember, he used to go yeah. Donovan Newt bar. Let's do it. Let's newt it. Let's newt it up. Go ahead. Yeah. Everybody's newton. Show us Lars Newt bar. Newt. Newt. Okay. All right. So if Newt is not in the three hole, who uh, is this? Gorman? Ooh, Gorman. You you had Gorman yesterday, oh, didn't you? He was red hot. Who wouldn't take him? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie only remembered the Yankees game that yeah. he had played. See, it I'm, worked out. It worked I'm, out perfectly. That's how damaged I am psychologically this mm-hmm. year. I just start I'm blocking out series yeah. of games. They didn't happen. It's not a bad idea. Gorman? Sure. Go ahead. Show us Storm and Gorman. You are so yeah. wrong. You know what, Janet? Contreras? Sure. Show us Wilson Contreras, please. What the H is wrong with you guys? <laughs> Nolan Arenado? Yeah? Jordan Walker. Sure. It's what? Hey, show us Walk It Like It's Hot. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. You're wrong. <laughs> Show us. No one are not. Can I say one more thing? <laughs> Albert Pujols, I love you, man. This is All just right, so awful. this is Gorman. Gorman's or, or cleaning is it Contreras? Up I don't know. Yeah, Contreras. I think it's Big Willie. Show us Willis Contreras, please. Wilson! 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 All right. Now, Gorman. I would, I would do that, or Walker, or Walker. But you got, hang on, you got lefty, lefty, righty, Gorm, yeah, righty. Gorman here. Gorman, show us Gorman. Don't get crabby with me. No, I was excited. All right, I'm excited. All right. Storm and Gorman, he's taking the league by storm. Now I think it's walk it like it's hot, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> show us. Jordan Walker. Walk it like a talk. Walk it like a talk. Walk it like a talk. Walk it, walk it like a talk. Yeah. All right. So all right. Here. Oh boy. All right. Seven. Paul DeYoung. Sure. Or Luke and Baker. Burleson. Burleson. Early. Who do you want? I say it's Luke and Baker. Sure, go ahead. Show us Luke and Baker. What a shame. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Jamie, your turn. Uh, show us Alec Burleson. Okay. Wow. Oh, Burley got locked out. Even though he came in and pitched two games in a row, Marshy gave him no, no flexibility on that mm-hmm. one. No. Got a hit. I All appreciate right. that, Marshy. You got to get a hit. This is, right, this, uh, is DeYoung. this is the king. As the king returned... Show us. Still gone. Paul DeYoung. Uh, yeah, over, over five. Over, go for. Is that bad? And then this is mm. Tommy. What do you think? No. No. I don't think he's in the lineup. So this Luke and Baker then, because he got Newt. Oh, it's Dylan Carlson. Never mind. Yeah. Show us Dylan Carlson. Mm. 
just kidding. Oh. You can't do that. Right? Oh, yeah. That That's cruel. in the bylaws here. Right here. In the Boy, rule book. The are those bylaws. the bylaws for the you lineup can, game or are those the gauntlet no, bylaws? No, the, the gauntlet one's a lot bigger. It's a lot thicker. Right. You'd know it. Um, these bylaws, by the way, where it says right here, page 10. 10.7. Is that the fine print? No, it's big oh. and bold. Oh, wow. Yep, just the way Anthony likes it. Mm. It says flat out, it says, um, you may use diversions and other songs, but you may not hit the X button mm. in order to fake out your co-hosts. Well, that's cute. It is, Mo. Like, we don't mind if you do the songs, like where you, ah, yeah, and, and Janet and all that. Yeah. But here, 10.7 says you cannot all do right, that. Well, there we go. And now I won't do it ever again since it's in the bylaws. I know. You should Good have read that, though. This is standard. Oh. This is standard operating procedure for everyone on the fast lane. You gotcha. know you got a copy of it. I see it all the time. You put your coffee on it in the office. It does have a few stains on that piece of paper. Yeah. Some of them are unexplainable. Go ahead, Marsh. Run it. Run it. Absolutely. All right, leading off. DH, Brendan right. Donovan, batting second in left field, Lars Newtbar. Batting third, third baseman. Not Arnada. Cleanup hitter, catcher, Wilson Contreras. Batting fifth, second baseman, Nolan Gorman. Batting sixth, right fielder, Jordan Walker. Batting seventh, first baseman, Alec Merlison. Batting eighth, the shard stop, Paul DeYoung. And batting ninth, in center field, Dylan Carlson. Alright, so Jamie took the lead last night. Correct? Yeah. He did. Storm and Gorman. Alright, Jamie, go for it then. Alright. Um, let's see here. I think uh this is gonna surprise you. This guy, you know, eh, it's been so so recently. I'm gonna go with Nolan Arenado. He's had himself a nice little run here in Miami, hasn't he? <laughs> All that's missing is a Ding Dong Johnson tonight. All right, since he left it for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Nolan Gorman. Marshy, I'm gonna go with Alec Burleson today. <laughs> I think the big Burley hits a home run today. Marsh is still looking for his first home run. It's or no, oh, you've got on, one, Anthony. It's. Do you have one? I have at least one. <laughs> Do you have one? That's the ultimate burn right there. When you know and you make the person say Come it. Come on. He's got one, right? <laughs> uh, Marsh, the last thing we have to do is, of course, spin the wheel of sadness. Are we doing that so. now? Uh, I say we give it a little. Okay. Let's just Wheel's give it a gotta, little. Let's let it marinate. The wheel has to kind of compute. We don't know how they'll lose just yet. We haven't discussed Yeah, we haven't. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to go with the wheel. All right. But... We can hold off. Break the deal, hold face off. the wheel, Anthony. Maybe maybe as we talk throughout the day. I don't know, actually. Mm. I have no idea. What'd you say? Break the deal, face the wheel. I have no idea. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, wow. Yep. Marsh, you loved it. What the hell happened I don't know. I just kind of got electrocuted, too. <laughs> it, sounds, it did sound the, like you did get electrocuted, yeah. <laughs> Something just happened. <laughs> IT, help! <laughs> All right, well, Jamie... Get some help for uh, many things. <laughs> I don't need that coffee now. <laughs> Holy crap. It did sound like you got oh. electrocuted <laughs> there. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals in the midst of a disastrous season. The question is, 
will it matter from a front office standpoint? I doubt it. I'm going to get salty. Next, I want to win ESPN. Salty? We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Cards uh, stink Ola this season. My question is, will it matter? Will it matter to the front office, Jamie? Hmm. This front office. Hmm. You and I were talking about this last night walking out of the out of the bu- the uh, building, the studio. At, at what point do you get so frustrated, so ticked off watching this? Like, remember when Doug Armstrong, the one year, I can't remember what which year it was, but they showed him in one of the final games. Oh, and his face was like purple. I mean, he yeah. he looked like he was going to murder nine people walking out the door that night. Yeah. And, and I know it's not. I, I'm not asking anybody to be something that they're not. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why we, you and I joke with the our version of John Mosellock would include, and then we list off a whole bunch of things, mostly tattoos. But sure. At what point do even the most risk averse, the most casual, the most patient, the most whatever? watch that and and just get so ticked off like nope this isn't happening again i'm not going to allow this to happen again especially when this is this is it this is his final final contract he's got this year and they signed a two-year contract with the cardinals with cardinals right at what point do you do you have do you have you get ticked off well at what point does it come from even higher up like I look beyond John Mosellock. If I'm the DeWitts... I don't know if God checks in on the Cardinals or not. Well, he should, and I bet he does, Anthony. That's pretty high up. Um, but I go to the DeWitts in this one here, and I'm not blaming them because they've hired people to do their jobs. Mm-hmm. But at some point, if you're sitting there and it's just not acceptable... As the owner of the club, you're allowed to do pretty much whatever you want as far as hiring and firing people and, and doing cleaning up your organization. And, and Bernie Nicholas posted something really good yeah. uh, on Twitter. Um, and here's what he posted. It was a quote from Bill DeWitt Jr. after firing Mike Matheny right before the 2018 All-Star break. In quotes, in some places, a winning record or even 500 is even acceptable. Not with this city, not with this franchise, not with its history, and not with the fans. That was before they fought. Mike Matheny, I think he was 500 at the time. Mm-hmm. Or he might even be a game or two above 500. They went in a different direction. And so it's just, that's where I talk about you know, the DeWitts. And if that's coming from Bill DeWitt Jr. And he was aware of things to go that were going on then. You know, he's aware of them now. And there's more to it. It continued. And this is, again, quotes from Bill DeWitt Jr. Continuity is desirable, but when it's not working, you feel like a change needs to be made. What are we doing here? I'm not saying, I'm not saying Ollie's got to go. I'm not saying any certain person has to go. Something has to happen. Standing pat at this point here right now is almost, uh, it's so frustrating for the fan base. It's that that meme where the guy's got the stick and he's poking Do something. It. Do something. Yep. If they if they aren't aggressive at the deadline, 
if they're not aggressive in the offseason. And aggressive can mean a variety of things. Like, I would describe Doug Armstrong's trade deadline as aggressive. There's not much he, he could have done this offseason because of the cap. But there's no cap in baseball. You got a budget, and they're, they're going to adhere to a budget. They're not yeah. going to go to Steve Cohen levels. We understand that. But there's plenty of room within the budget to be aggressive. Are you aggressive with this current roster, i.e., moving the guys out that no longer fit whatever your structure is? And I don't just mean the guys on expiring contracts. That's the bare minimum. The bare minimum should be trading Jordan Montgomery, trading Jack Flaherty, trying to trade DeYoung, trying to trade O'Neal, trading Jordan Hicks. That's the bare minimum. Who else on this roster do you know does not fit with the system, the philosophy, the approach of, of this current Cardinals baseball? And then go from there. How can you sit there and watch this? A proud fan base. You sit there at 35, 35 and 51. And then turn around, if you do, and say, ah, hiccup, small hiccup. This is not a one-off to me. If you disagree, send us a text, 314-399-9646, the Air Comfort Service text line. We're on the YouTube chat if you want to you know, log in there, if you want to leave us a mic drop. If, tell me I'm wrong on this, but I don't think that this is a one-off. I think this is a product of what you have not done for the last five seasons. And I'm not just talking about free agency. We go to free agency like it's Christmas. Santa's going to bring us a whole bunch of stuff. I like Christmas. Ah, Christmas is great, isn't it? It's It's pretty nice. Yeah, why are you down on Christmas? I'm not. Just saying it's not. not, There's there's other holidays throughout the Christmas. Can we get Christmas in July? I heard that was a thing. Yeah, no, it's uh, 4th of July. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. The draft, you have not drafted particularly well in the first round. And we're going to go into that a little bit later on. But you have got to do something here to turn this around in a hurry. I'm not saying overreact, but you have to have some urgency. So this isn't going to happen because the players are most likely going to be the pieces that are moving out. But would you switch the players or would you switch the philosophy? I would switch the players. So you would you would keep the philosophy, everything that the front office has implemented, how they go about business? No. No, because that's part of it. Trading the players or I'm not saying I'm not saying trade the entire so roster. Right. What's wrong with the philosophy? Like what is it about the philosophy that we don't like? Is it the rotation where we're pitched to contact or we're too heavy that way? If that's the case, I agree. Yeah. But that's minor changes. You could still have three guys that pitch like that and go get a couple of fire burners too, you know? So I'm just wondering, like, what is it about the philosophy that we don't like? Uh, to to me, my read on it, Jamie, which is a great, it's a great question. My read on it is, yeah, that that is more specific to the pitching staff and all mm-hmm. that. You built a roster mm-hmm. outside of Will Contreras that is filled with hardworking lunch pail guys, and when things go wrong. Everybody, everybody's squeezing the bat so hard. You got sawdust coming out of everybody's feet. I think you've built a roster that needs some psychopaths. 
So mm-hmm. we need we need definitive roles almost because do you think some That's, of these guys yeah. are are squeezing the bat a little too hard because they know if they don't hit they're out of the lineup. I don't they know. They don't get a sounder. I don't know about. <laughs> I think the sounder does play into I it. I think Marsh. so. Now we've only recently implemented that, mm-hmm. so they can't blame us for that. That's true. They okay. shouldn't blame us at all. That's I, right. I was talking to Kerry Davis about this in the office yesterday after we after we recorded Gridiron Guys. And by the way, new podcast up uh, for Gridiron Guys. Uh, Kerry Davis and I dive into the. Uh, AFC East and the NFC East, but Jamie, this also applies to you and your your playing career. I I told Jay, I told told Carrie, I said Carrie, you know this better than anybody. Jamie, same deal. An identity forms based on your leadership, mm-hmm. and if you look at the leadership here, you have excellent leaders. However, you've got Adam Wainwright in his final year; he's not pitching well. Goldschmidt, very quiet. Lead by example type. Nolan Arenado, intense, but almost like internally intense. And then you got a bunch of guys, you know, Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, just kind of doing their thing. Good guys to have them. Paul DeYoung doesn't say much. Where is that guy outside of Wilson Contreras, and you damn near ruined him, where is that guy that in a in a in April that is going sideways? is going to come into a clubhouse and say, no, I don't think so. This isn't happening. You don't have them. To your point, Anthony, you're 100% right when you have a lot of vanilla in that clubhouse. Which is great. It's fine. Unless you don't have... But I think people have gotten confused, not fans, I think the front office has gotten slightly confused over what the Cardinal way is and vanilla. Because I feel like the front office feels like they go hand in hand where we're not flashy mm-hmm. we don't uh, we don't disrupt things you know we got good quiet leadership mm-hmm. the cardinal way no you have vanilla like it's so plain like there's no nothing no sprinkles no yeah. chocolate sauce it's <laughs> like no swagger no so when i look at guys like wilson Contreras, it's a good start but paul goldschmidt's so quiet arnado even though he's a good leader by example, I don't know if he's the guy that rallies the troops. I feel like he's the guy that just internalizes everything yeah. and keeps going to work like a psychopath mm-hmm. without really reaching out. And Wayno, this is a unique situation for Wayno. Ordinarily, Wayno would probably have a real good grip on this clubhouse. And this has nothing to do with his performance because the other players know how good Wainwright has been in his career. The respect is there. Adam Wainwright is struggling. Yeah. When you're struggling with your own game, it's very difficult to try and dial in all of the other guys' problems, too, and, and be that guy. And it's not because you're not performing well and like, oh, well, look, go do your job. No, that's not it. Yeah. When you're the athlete and you're not performing well, you're trying to figure your crap out. And at the same time, you can't go over and figure out what's wrong with Tyler O'Neill, why he won't take right. third base hard, or why Brendan Donovan does this, or why Tommy Edmonds doing it, or Dylan Carlson. What, like You can't deal with all of that. And I think this is where you do miss Yachty. Mm-hmm. I think this is where, because Yachty, to my knowledge, was very direct with players. Yeah. It wasn't like a, hey, let me take you out for lunch. It was like walk over and just blah, say it. Like, that's unacceptable. That's crap. We need better. And just kind of go on about his business. Well, BT, sorry to cut you off real quick, uh, just, but just to add to your point, BT mm-hmm. would tell us Yachty knew when he needed to kick you in the pants and when he needed to pat, when he needed to pat you on the butt. Mm-hmm. And that's what good leaders do. 
So I think you're 100% right in that. I think that, and I don't want our, our listeners to get confused with thinking that, oh, we need a guy that's just a, an ish disturber in the clubhouse. You don't just necessarily need the salmon swimming upstream, okay? You need somebody who can run with the herd, but when the herd veers off, you got that one or two cattle that's over here, you got that the one goes over and reels them back in. Yeah. Nope, get back with the rest of the group. Right. That's what you need. You don't need the guy that's going to come in and punch someone in the face. It'd be kind of fun to watch, but you don't need that because a lot of times, as much as we think, yeah, that's what you need, that can go sideways sometimes. And then mm. you got a guy who's a problem in the clubhouse and it's looked at the wrong way and then you're dividing the clubhouse. Right. You just need somebody who recognizes when the herd has a stray and gets the stray back with the group. You have had these guys. You've had these guys within the organization. I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six guys. Well, let's hear them. I'm curious to see who you're identifying. So the last guy I'll get to, I'll get to last. I'll I'll save him because he's not really what we were talking about, but it's that energy that you kind of used to have. But Chris Carpenter is at the top of my list. Well, yeah, I think that's a pretty obvious one there. Exactly. I, yep. All these should be obvious. But my, my over- Carp was that guy, though, too. He didn't do it just to be a jerk. No. Like, he was intense, and he, he would find the strays right. and get them back with the herd. And Brennan, Brennan Ryan found that out, certainly the hard way. Chris Carpenter. Yachty, who you mentioned. Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. Dunk used to talk about whenever they, they walked Pujols and Dunk was sitting behind him, Pujols would turn around and goes, come on, let's go. Strike the fear fear of God and to, to dunk, to do something. But it's that competitive nature that Albert played with. John Lackey for two years. you And you acquired it. You acquired him. Why did you acquire it? Because you knew you had a bunch of guys that were kind of, oh, this is a good, nice clubhouse. Mo recognized it. Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham, I think, could could rub people the wrong way. But Tommy Pham also played with that intensity. He did, but I'm going to put an asterisk there. He got sometimes stabbed, he got sometimes when, multiple times. Sometimes guys are just blank holes too. Okay, well, you know, cross him off then. No, I, 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 I know where your head is at on that, but I'm just looking at it from a clubhouse or locker room standpoint. Going, sometimes that can just be too much. That's fair. The other guy I wrote down not in the same vein as the other guys that I mentioned, but from an energetic standpoint, it was Bader. Bader played Bader played with a little little flair to him, a little mm-hmm. swagger. When he was going, you know, when Schilt first took over, Bader got on a hot streak. And it was kind of like, okay, now everybody's following Bader. You saw this last year with Newt. Everybody's kind of every kind of got on that Newt train. You don't need ten guys. You don't need a whole roster full of them. But this roster, I think, is severely lacking in that that category. All right. Brad Thompson, speaking of which, he's going to join us next. We'll talk to BT about uh, the, the, the Cardinals and whether or not we're going to see a bit of a, a youth movement here with the team. We'll talk about it with BT here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Last night on 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. Let's go to the celebrity line. We're joined by our guy Brad Thompson, 2006 World Series champion, of course, proud member of the fast lane. BT, what means more to you at this point? 
Boy, uh, you know what? Look, uh, as Tony LaRusso would say, a tie for first. It's a tie for first. Both those things are really, uh, if you're trying to draw up what my life has meant, I mean, those two things are going to be up there pretty quickly. It makes sense, BT. It does. It certainly <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, Brad, are, are you are you to the point where you're, uh, were you laughing? Or is it still uh, tears? Where are you right now in this season? You know what, Anthony? i got to tell you, I haven't been, haven't been laughing too much. Not a lot of laughter mm. recently. Uh, was definitely no laughter last night as a tapper was hit back to Jordan Hicks, and he just decided to yeet it into the first row. That was fun to see something like that. Not, don't, even, don't even look at the runner behind you who was going to score. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. No, no, no laughter at this point. <laughs> Just more so uh, uh, random F-bombs that I pray don't come out when I'm actually doing the game over the weekend in sure. Chicago. So, BT, yeah. when, you're, when you see the amount of errors, mental, I mean, physical errors are going to happen. It's 162 games, 162-game uh, season. The mental errors we've seen throughout the course of the season. How much is that on the players? How much of that is on the coaching staff? We've talked about this before, but unfortunately it keeps coming up. At what point do we look at it and say, the coaching staff is not putting these guys in the position to, to succeed, or opposite wise, I mean, these are all professionals. Why can't they execute? This team's not talented enough to succeed. I think that's the only way that you can look at it. The way that they are, they can't pitch. Like, it's going to be very hard to succeed when you're a bottom five staff in all of baseball. So, look, errors are going to happen. Mental errors will happen throughout the year. You want to snap them back, uh, snap them out of, it, out of it quickly. The players are accountable for that, and the coaching staff is accountable for that. But right now, I, I don't care what coaching staff in baseball. Pick your favorite, whoever you love. Maybe you're a Skip Schumacher guy. Like, give Skip Schumacher this pitching staff and say, go win. He's not going to be able to do it. Like, that's just, that's just where this staff is at right now. They need help. They need more than one guy. And honestly, as you get closer and closer to the deadline, guys, it, it, it's, it's very difficult to look at it and say, okay, well, this, this singular move will fix things. It just doesn't feel like they're close to that. Like, I believe that individuals can pitch better, but, like, belief is something, and actually doing it ends up being something else. So that ball game, right, last night, I, and I started out talking about Jordan Hicks, and it, it's a mental and a physical error. Mental error is him not looking at the guy behind him that was going to end up tying the game. Uh, the physical error is, is not being able to get the throw over to Goldie over at first base. But, you know, the, the be-all, end-all in that ball game was you scored nine runs and you couldn't win that game. That's embarrassing. Like that, those are games that you have to end up winning. And look, it sucks. Uh, well, sucks isn't even the right word. Uh, it, it's uh, very disappointing when your starter in that ball game lasts all of a third of an inning. And I know that you guys have talked about Matthew Libertor, the corresponding roster move with him uh, already. But that's like that's the be all end all right now. The thing that most of us had question marks coming into the season with this ball club have come to fruition at a far higher level. Like I didn't think that they would struggle to this level. I thought that they would struggle not having a prototypical ace, but I never thought it would get to this point. BT, a couple things. Um, one, why is it, and I was talking about this earlier, why is it that a Major League Baseball pitcher can throw 100 miles an hour and hopefully, if he's doing it right, paint the corners on the plate and 
and just so much control that it's it's just mind blowing. Yet I do see a lot, a lot of pitchers when they get the comebacker, they look like they're throwing the ball over to first with the wrong hand. What what happens? What happens in that moment? I mean, I'm serious, dude. No, it, it is a really good question, and it, it is something that it's part of your job, right? So you need to be able to do it. It is easier said than done, though, when you're used to throwing downhill and doing so as hard as you can, and then you have to have something with a little bit of touch. You'll also see guys that throw over to first uh, on a comebacker, and it ends up being like a 97-mile-an-hour sink piece, and Goldie or whoever your first baseman is is just praying for his life over there. Uh, It's it should be easier than it is, but you're just so used to max effort, it's hard. And in that moment, we always talk about slowing the game down. I don't care what game you play. Slowing it down is very important. Those are the times where you have to slow it down because your adrenaline is going. And that's why also, Jamie, when you have time, you see the, the pitcher actually generally take a couple of hard steps and underhand flip because that's a heck of a lot easier than trying to have that mid-range throw. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's a play that needs to be made more. But I've I've played with so many different guys, and I won't like name them by name. That had a really hard time with that. I was in uh, minor league camp with the Twins back in 2012, and we had a guy who was a left-handed prospect, like very big prospect. The only reason he wasn't a bigger prospect because for the life of him, he could not throw to first base. Didn't matter if it was a pickoff. You know, lefties supposed to have good pickoff moves. Ask John Lester. Uh, but it, it, it could be a ground ball back to him. Guys, he would throw it onto other fields. So, you know, like the quads in spring training. No no BS. He would throw it onto another field. It would look like he was trying to play long toss. Like something went into his brain where he just could not do it. And it was, it was to the point, it was like sad, but it was almost comical because everyone on fields would stop as this guy was getting a ground ball back to him and everyone would be watching. And he would inevitably throw it to somebody who wasn't expecting it. It was unreal. So, Jamie, I don't have the answer, but I know it's it's, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> well, I figured there was something to it for sure. Um, there, there's something else that I wanted to kind of throw out there, BT, and you talk about, you know, this pitching staff and, and it just, you know, they just don't have the horses this year. When you look at some of the guys who are supposed to be lined up for the future, you have Matthew Libertor, Albeit he is still a very young pitcher, uh, probably has a lot of major league experience ahead of him. Although right now it's it's been pretty bumpy. Dakota Hudson was a guy that the organization was going to lean on as far as the next wave of pitchers coming up. You combine that with the fact that your current rotation, the guys that you had penciled in or penned in pen for the the, the team, haven't been good. You know how much work is that actually going to be now for this organization in the off season as they try to literally rebuild their entire pitching staff? Yeah, no, Jamie, it's going to be an incredible amount of work. And I think it's going to take more than one off season, honestly, to get it done, especially when you're talking about uh, developing through the minor leagues. We've talked about this a lot. There was a shift in drafting. You had uh, a void of high-end position players in the organization. So they went out and started drafting high-end position players. But uh, the, the Cardinals, like just from, from a minor league standpoint, and, this, and maybe even more specifically from an international scouting standpoint, 
they're going to have to do a better job, I think, of spending international money going out and finding some of these pitchers, whether they be in the Dominican Republic, you know, Venezuela, wherever. Like, I think that, I mean, that's where a lot of these great pitchers around baseball are coming from. I think that you need to pour maybe some more of your assets into that. Um, but right now, when you look at, at guys that are knocking on the door, you bring up Matthew Libertor, uh, you know, Michael McGreevy was a first round pick a couple of years ago. I think you could throw Zach Thompson in, into this mix as well, who, who is back in the fold, but going down to work on starting. It's not like he was lights out in triple A. You've a guy like King Hens, who's still a couple of years away. Like, there is not that guy organizationally right now where you're just like, well, wait until Flaherty, I'll use for an example, or Shelby Miller, or Michael Walker, like whoever that guy for you has been in recent years. Like, that guy is not there right now. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges for this organization's success moving forward is how do they find that pipeline of pitching again? How do they make sure it's a priority? Because as we've talked in the past, uh, there's no better currency in baseball than young pitching. If you have it, like, you can make moves for other things, uh, like uh, bringing in a guy like Ozuna when you needed to, or Goldie, or Arnado. Like, you know, pick, pick your poison. But you just got to get back to developing some of those arms. But, like, thinking about fixing a rotation for next year, knowing all of the arms that are free agents and knowing that you have Michaelis under contract and you have Matt's under contract, and that is it in terms of, like, what you definitively know, it is going to be one of the most interesting off-seasons, I think, and, and potentially trade deadline. Maybe you make a, a play for a future starter at the deadline also. But – the future from a pitching standpoint is so uncertain and so imperative for this organization to get right. BT, we'll let you go. Are you heading up to Chicago this weekend? I I am. I am. I'm sitting here at Lambert, uh, and uh, my flight has already been delayed about an hour and a half or so. So, you know, there's a good chance you'll know where to find me here in about two minutes uh, if uh, – I'm probably going to get a beer. There's a good chance. <laughs> well, enjoy it. Just remember, it's the south side of Chicago, not the, not the north side, all right? Look, I'm not Brendan Ryan. I'm not going to show up at the wrong stadium. I know he did it in New York, uh, but I, I will make I will make it to the correct place. I, I wasn't worried about that as much as, you know, just be careful up there, okay? Look, you know me. I, I uh, First of all, my head's always on a swivel, Anthony, mm. and uh, – and uh, I'm not going to walk anywhere by myself. I've got Chip with me. He's like seven foot tall. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're good then. You're good. All right, BT, we'll be watching this weekend. We'll check back with you next week. All right, boys. I'll talk to you later. All right, that's our uh, our guy, Brett Thompson, here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We'll get to more Cardinals throughout the course of the show. Don't forget we're streaming live on YouTube right now on our YouTube channel, 101 ESPN STL. You can also reach us at the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. Talk a little blues. Throw a name at Jamie, player that could become available. Wondering if he likes him for the blues as a fit. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. in the way jamie i'm sorry <laughs> jamie right before the break goes let's mess with Ryder. stand off camera and then i looked over at marsh's screen and my arm was like right in the way 
Well, they're so jacked, Anthony. You know, really. Stop. All right, 308. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie? Yeah. Any interest in current Red Winger? Might not be current for very much longer. But yeah. current Red Winger. Philip Zadina. No, none, Anthony. Coming up next, the... No. So, no. No, none. All right. Well, I don't even need, need to read this Frank Cervalli. <laughs> Cervelli. Uh, you know tweet. what? Read what Frank said, please. Okay. Let's add some more um, some meat to the conversation. Mm. You like that. Congratulations to our guy, Meat, yeah. Brad Barnes, and his wonderful bride, Amanda, last week. Went to Meat's wedding. It's a lot of fun. Marry the meat, it said. That's what the slogan was for the wedding. He's a good dude. He is. He he looked like he was having a good time. Yeah. I would hope it's his wedding. Well, <laughs> a little ham sauce, maybe. Well, Andrew. I don't know if you remember seeing us. Either way, it was a great time. It was great. Everybody was great. Okay, so here's here's what Frank said. Hearing that the Red Wings will place Philip Zadina on unconditional waivers at 12 noon Eastern today for purposes of mutual contract termination. Zadina is foregoing the $4.56 million remaining on his deal, seeking a fresh start elsewhere. Huge courage to bet on himself. It is, but here's where it goes wrong for Philip Zadina. He's really never produced. He, he really hasn't. That's an issue, then. It Anthony, is an have issue. Have you ever heard of that guy? No. So he was That's drafted. That's a problem. Yeah. He was drafted sixth overall by the Red Wings in 2018. Uh, played some games in the American Hockey League. Did okay. 35 points in 59 games. That's not a sixth overall stat line. It's just not. If you're a sixth overall pick, you're close to a point a game. Like, the American Hockey League is kind of um, a nuisance to you because you're trying to get to the NHL. So when I look at that and I dive deeper into it, you know, then he's got a, a ton of injury problems throughout the course of his career. His highest point total, Anthony, can you guess his highest point total? In Thir- 74 games. Oh, boy. 37. 24. <clears throat> Why would you go sign that? If you're Doug Armstrong, he struggles as a two-way player, as it is. He's not a great two-way player, and he's not an elite scorer. So when you look at Jacob Verona, right, everybody goes, ah, you know, he doesn't doesn't quite have the 200-foot game, but he's had elite-level offense in the the NHL. Maybe not elite, really good. Philip Zadina hasn't had that. So I I just, for me, if if I'm playing the role of Doug Armstrong, I'm not interested. I know he's had the reclamation projects here recently with Kapanen, Sammy Blay, Verana, you know, and now you look at a guy like Tory Krug, not that he's a reclamation project, but he he shut down the trade. So now Tory Krug has something to prove mm-hmm. to the organization and to the fan base, maybe even to himself. I just, I respect Philip Zadina for foregoing, imagine just tossing aside four and a half million dollars because you're betting on yourself. I mean, it's admirable, but there's nothing in this guy's game that tells me it's going to change. Just doing a little scouting report on Philip Sedina based on what Jamie has told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have would have been better in a different career field. <laughs> He's fortunate to tie skates properly before That's... going on the ice. Not a hockey player. 
He's a hockey player, just not one I would put on my team. Is that what his hockey TB says? Mm-hmm. Well, that's no, no, no. That's what that's what my notes say after oh. listening to Jamie talk. Yeah, gotcha. About Philip Sedina. I just look at the guy. I've seen him play a number of times, and it's just not there. It's just not there. Mm, that's fair. And and I think that uh, the Blues would be better off going to find a really solid third or fourth liner. I'm just going to say it, Oscar Sundquist. Add him. He's going to help your team more than trying an, a right wing in Philip Zadina. So you got enough wingers too, you know, for that matter. So I would pass on this one. Go ahead, Marsh. We just got a text from the six three six. Damn it, Anthony! This was a worse suggestion than Michaelis's boat name. Oh, see, I beg to differ. First of all. Go ahead, Jamie. I think your boat name for Miles Michaelis was, was great. Thank you. Somebody right now was listening. They, they won't admit it, and that's mm-hmm. fine. I don't need the credit for it. But somebody right now, even if it's a sailboat or maybe not a rowboat, mm-hmm. has named their boat, you hate me because you ain't me. Mm-hmm. For sure. Somebody has that right now. And you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Second of all, Marsh is right. I had no idea who. Philip Zanino was. I was just throwing it out there because it's on the rundown. Anthony, I have to mm-hmm. address something here. Um, well, it doesn't even have a uh, number. It's from the text line. It says, versatile property construction. Mm. That's what it comes up as. It says, uh, he's better than you were, Jamie. No, actually, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's played 190 games. He may not play another one. His highest point total is 24. I think mine was 18 as a defenseman. Playing on the third freaking pairing. <laughs> playing a Norris I, I Trophy more, type pairing. I had more mind goals. You. Darn right. I had more goals than he did last year as a centerman. Ouch. So sorry. Maybe they meant mm-hmm. he he was better than you were mm-hmm. at Anthony. Tyne's Gates. I don't know. Mm. You know, maybe he's talking about maybe he's talking about me. Although I did play one roller skating, uh, roller mm. blading game. Scored three goals. That is pretty good. Not a big deal. That's yeah. pretty good. Guys, um, did you anybody did you guys hear? I know we're all busy or show prepping on. Did you guys hear Alex Ferrario's take on Philip Zadina? I did not. I missed no. it. I missed it too. From six three six says Rivs taken Ferraro's view on this circuit two hours ago. Over in on top and behind the woodshed. Did Alex does Alex like him? I think he I don't know if he likes the player. I think he likes the idea hmm. of the reclamation project. You know, get a guy at the cheap. I, I mean I I am too. But yeah. again, I got to go back to my notes on this. Yeah, and Philip Zadina, I just, I'm again not a hockey player, according yeah. to Jamie. All right, it's the fast lane on 101 at ESPN. We do have our sports six pack coming up in 15 minutes. If you want to leave us a question on the Air Comfort Service tax line, you can three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six or via our YouTube channel at 101 ESPN STL. Greg Amzinger, I was listening to him earlier today on the opening drive, and when Greg Amzinger has turned on you. You know you got problems if oh, you're the Carter's front you? office. No, oh, not me. Well, you were, stealing my takes. You were really you know hard that. on him that one time. I was not. You were. When? That time. You know. When was he it, stole your ideas. Was it a Thursday? I don't know. You went off on him. Was it a Tuesday? I don't know. Anthony. Okay. Who cares? It definitely ended in Y, for sure. Now I remember. All right. We'll tell you what Greg Amsinger said about the Cardinals front office earlier this morning on 101 ESPN next in the Fastlane. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You know, guys, at this point, I'm just freaking amazed at how the Cardinals find a ways to lose ball games. I think at, the, at this point, I think they're deliberately trying to lose a new ways to break our hearts. That, that, that's my only thought process. There's, there's, no, there's no other explanation. This team should not be this bad. They're just doing it. You know, they're just tanking for one year, and then they're going to go back to normal. That's obviously, that's obviously what the plan was this year. They're just going to suck this year to have fun and torment us. Well, it's hard to argue with that kind of logic from Swan. Yeah, I think the Cardinals hate you. That's the logical explanation on that. <laughs> Why else would you be in last place in such a bad division? Hmm? I don't know. Why, out of all these years, Jamie, would you lose like this in the manner that they continue to lose? Like, oh, I don't know. Lobbing a pat, lobbing a uh, throw over Paul Goldschmidt, who is a pretty big guy. I mean, he's not a big, strong guy, but he's a big guy. He's a big, strong. He's not. He's, he's not, not the big. He's not putting guy. people in hospitals. No. I think that's I mean, where but he they could. differ. Yeah. yeah, he could. I think Goldie could. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyways, Goldschmidt, he's he's pretty tall. Was he like six two? At least you think. Yeah, you think he's taller than that? Yeah. He's 6'4". You man. think Paul Goldschmidt? 6'4"? Probably 6'3". He's 6'3". 225. Let's see here. I know he's a pretty pretty big dude, but let's see here. What's he listed as? Well, I'm trying to find out, Andrew, now that you brought that up. He's 6'3". Okay, yeah. What's the weight on it? Well, Probably 215. I said 225. I would say he looks every bit of 225. He's a barrel-chested dude, mm-hmm. man. He, he's got big legs. Where are we at? I think he's like 235. He's, personally. I don't uh, know what he's listed at. But 220. I, 6'3", 220, according to baseball reference. He is not 220. Anyways, Jordan Hicks thought he was 7'9". Yeah. Uh, he thought Wimbanyama was playing first base. He did, for sure. Yeah. Good, uh, good corner of the end zone pass. It was right over he the did, shoulder. Yeah, yeah it's Megatron, a fade. for sure. Right. He, he threw the fade route on that one. Wanted nice and high, come yeah. down, let his receiver do the work. He yeah, knew that you not playing football. were missing football mm-hmm. and needed, needed a little pick-me-up. Marsh, do you know what play I hate more than any other play in in football? College, what? pro. In football? Yeah. Oh. XFL. It doesn't matter. Uh, running play. No, come on. You got to run the play to win. that you hate the most. I already know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I mean, think it's the dumb I think it's the dumbest play, but it's a successful play. Is it? Yeah. It can it's be. Succe- if you have Rob Gronkowski. I too many things have Randy to Randy Moss. These guys do pretty good at that play. Still, too many things have to go right. It's an it's a total advantage Anthony for a defense. Anthony. Is it the flea flicker? No, no the, the little, the little the corner fade. of the end zone. It's you the ha- fade. Yeah. So you hate the fade. I absolutely hate the fade. I mean, you think what? about it. The quarterback, the quarterback had first of first of all, there's Man. no one-on-one coverage. You this hate is, the fade. Watch, you, this is breaking news. You have you have uh, 
how many plays that you can design? Yeah. The defense is backed up. The defense is on its heels. Likely worn out because they're at the goal line. And you decide to throw the ball up in the air mm-hmm. where nobody else is involved. No motions involved. No nothing. You mm-hmm. don't get you don't have to move the defense. Wait, and you're not moving th- the D at all? Not on this play, Jamie. Mm-mm. I guess a little. You throw the ball up in the air, and the ball's gonna be perfect, yet the cornerback will always be in, in position. He don't have to move. What if you have uh, the matchup, the height matchup? You have the one-on-one coverage. Sure. That's why I said the Gronkowskis, uh, Travis Kelsey, Randy Moss. I mean, you throw that up to Devontae Adams. He's coming down with it nine out of ten. You times. still have Larry to, Fitzgerald. You still have to put the ball at the right spot. You could throw it out of bounds at that point. The corner's in position. He can leap up. He can knock it out. He can wait till the ball goes in the hands. He can hit the ball out of his. It's a. It's the dumbest. It's the most unimaginable play. Any offensive coordinator. At any level, mm-hmm. if you're running a fade at the goal line, you should be fired. Well, I think it's a really good play, be Anthony. A league. Quite honestly, I've seen it be very successful and win a lot of games. So I'm yeah, going to have to. You remember, uh, you remember the, the two times it works. So you you hated Jordan Hicks throwing the fade last night. Yeah, I would rather have him back foot mm-hmm. hit hit Goldie like a shovel pass. Just shovel a nice pass ju- forward. Just just a nice uh, mm-hmm. just a nice hook. You know. Boom. What about holding right on to the, the chest? Ball? Holding on to the ball. What do you Maybe mean? getting the guy at home instead of at first base. Whatever. Don't. Well, that's the part we don't totally punt overlooked, it into the by stands. the way, is we overlooked the fact that uh, Jordan Hicks really didn't know where the hell he was going with that ball. No. Like, as a pitcher, you should know what your options are. I know your job is to pitch, but defensively, you should know for a couple of reasons. One, um, if you have to cover a base or you the, the anticipation of covering for a guy at a certain base as a pitcher should be aware of what defensively should happen. And then, mm, I don't know, if the ball comes back to you, what your first option is. And when the guy's sitting there and you see him stealing or getting in motion, we'll call it, you know, get the running start, the hit and run going on there, you know the play has to come home. The ball has to come back to Contreras. Mm-hmm. It would have been in plenty of time, too. Mm-hmm. Plenty of time. Unless he airmailed it. Then. The correct. Correct. Maybe he thought it was too stressful to throw it to Holmes. Maybe. <laughs> so I'll go the first. But No, you're right. It's situational the baseball. Player, yeah, the player has to be aware there. Yeah. So regardless of him airmailing it over Yao Ming's head at first base. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> minute bowl. Yeah. Regardless of that, they were still going to score the tying run. <laughs> they were. You're right. Like... No matter what, he was screwing up that play. Mm. Even if he fired a laser to first at that point, odds are that guy's still scoring. Very true. All right, we didn't get to Greg Amzinger's audio. We'll play that after the break here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie, you said that we have to address something. Yeah, our, our listeners are fantastic, and they're very perceptive Cardinals baseball fans. I just don't know if they're completely perceptive. 
We've had a couple of texts that said, uh, coming at me and us and everything, but were you guys watching the game? Runners were on first and second. They were. Were you watching the game? <laughs> because you can clearly see in the game and on the replay, you can go back and check it out, the runners go. They start. They start. And so by the time the ball's actually made contact, second base is rounding third base. Mm-hmm. Hicks double clutches the ball, and by the time it gets even close to Goldie, he's across the plate. So, yes, it was originally first and second, but it might as well have been second and third by the way that whole play went down and because it was such a little squibbler back to the pitcher. If that was hit with any more velocity, they wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, they got the, they got the runner started. It was a great play. Not only is that on Jordan Hicks, but I'll even throw Wilson Contreras in there. Yeah. You have to be talking oh my God. with your Can pitcher. You, really? Are you serious right now? Wilson Marcus Contreras. Right. He has to know How that. How did I know that last night would come back to Wilson Contreras, Marshall? Don't, Marshall. And Don't. you of all people. Jordan Hicks has his back to third base. He picks up the ball. Contreras, and maybe he did. Maybe he said he something. He was yelling. He was like, hey, buddy. Maybe there's a code word. I, I don't know. I don't think Wilson Contreras says, hey, buddy. What do you think he said, Anthony? <laughs> hey, buddy! He's rounding third! Something home. like... Yeah, home, probably. Or yeah, and that's what home. scared Jordan Hicks. You, and he threw the ball oh, okay. 20 feet high. Okay. Or like pump fake, pump fake. Because if he pump fakes, spins around, and we've seen pitchers do that, he has him trapped in between third and home, and then you can run him down, and maybe the Marlins end up running themselves out of the inning and out of the game, and you end up winning. You think... The catcher's going to yell pump fake? Well, no, just No, but just Jordan like Hicks a code word. Code the code word, word is pump safe fake. word. The safe word? It's different. It can be tricky. You better, they both better know it. That's true. And execute that. Yeah. Well, they didn't execute. No. All right. Greg Amziger was on the, the morning show today as I was uh, driving around, and I thought to myself, boy, if Greg Amzinger's turning on you, you know you got issues. Here's what Greg Amzinger said about the Cardinals' front office. He ain't wrong. I refuse to blame the coaching staff. It's, I, I'm going to say it again. It's not because I'm friends with Ali Marmol. It's because Ali Marmol has a job to do. And that's everything John Mozeliak and the front office wants him to do. And he's done it. This is a, a coaching staff that is in lockstep with the front office. Here you have full accountability, guys. This is the beauty of old school baseball management where you disagree with the manager. Hey, what, what the hell are you doing? Hit and running in the, in the eighth inning. You want the checks and balances between the front office and, and the manager in the dugout who's got his finger on the pulse of what's going on with the team. But you don't have checks and balances right now. They're managing from a spreadsheet that everyone in unison is in agreement that this is the best battle plan to win tonight's game. I like the fact that everyone's on the same page. But unfortunately, that page has incorrect information every single night. I would add to this, and, and again, Greg Greg is not wrong, and Greg is always outstanding on the opening drive, and you can listen to it or watch it on YouTube. You go to 101ESPN.com and check out the opening drive page. He's, he's instant offense every time he's on. I would add, though, the players still have to execute. And we could talk about the the, the everything on the page and – you know the the numbers are wrong. Analytics, it's 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 that damn launch angle. Got the Cardinals again. You got to execute. Last night was about execution again, right from the start of the game. Matthew Libertor didn't realize the game started. He, he thought he was 
there to throw BP. Yeah. Dakota Hudson, Oof. maybe he went in and he also was told, hey, just Miami's looking for some extra batting practice tonight. Anthony, you're being mean. You're and th- being mean. He was pitching to contact. Like he's been told. Hmm. Heavy uh, contact. <laughs> I guess. Hard contact. Can't wait for the pitch to contact event before the All-Star game this, yeah. this upcoming week. Cardinals pitchers would be real good at that. Do you think like Pete Alonzo calls up and says, hey, Cardinals, what do you got? Huh? Pete Alonzo. Do the Cardinals say hey. Do the Cardinals send a pitcher? Just throw me a pitcher. For the home run derby. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's true. You're horrible. <laughs> what? You're horrible. You had the same idea. No, mine was way different. You just got there. The, the hamster. <laughs> hamster. He, got, he went off the wheel. I didn't know what you were talking about. I thought you meant like he was playing them in a game. No. I didn't, know, the home were, run derby. I didn't know Pete Alonso was bringing a Cardinals pitcher. That's what I'm saying. To the home run derby. It'd be perfect. Which one would you bring? I'm not. I, <laughs> I've been mean enough. Who's your fan vote? I'd be mean. Listen, <laughs> I am thinking of a name, but I refuse to say it. Okay. Does it rhyme with Drano? Nope. <laughs> maybe. Mine, maybe. Mine doesn't either. <laughs> Either that or stats. You know. <laughs> no way. It's way better than hmm. than the. Anyways, Liberace guy. Liberator. Liberator. That doesn't rhyme with Liberace. No, what did you say? Liberace. Liberace. You don't know who that guy is. Yeah. He's a famous singer. <laughs> I don't know who that don't is. Don't worry about it, Marsha. Yeah, you're all right. Google him. Google him. Liberace. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll Google him. He's uh, your kind of guy. Amzinger. Amzinger is uh, not wrong. He's not wrong about this front office at all. You, you, we could blame the manager, blame the coaching staff. The, the, this is who they wanted. They've wanted a manager that was going to fall in line. They've wanted managers. Do you think that that's what it Absolutely. is? Absolutely. You really think Ali Marmel just yes. sits there and takes his orders? No, I don't think he takes. I don't think he takes his orders. Like I think the I I, but I view Ali as a proud guy. I do too. But he's I think there's he's definitely not, a he, philosophy he's following. Sure. I don't think that you're getting the ultimate pushback though. See, that's okay. So fair enough. I think the ultimate pushback. Well, it's no longer here. In San Diego. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Because they set the precedent with the guy in San Diego. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Mike Schilt, to our knowledge, um, pushed back. And the Cardinals said philosophical differences. Could have been a myriad of things that were, but whatever. We'll just say it was they had a difference in approach and philosophy, and the Cardinals did not like where Mike Schilt was headed with it, so they said, we're done with this. But the problem that the managers have is they have no resume. So they're almost forced to play along or they're gone. Mm-hmm. So like Mike Schilt, as good as Mike Schilt was for the Cardinals, and I don't know, I've never been to the clubhouse at Mike Schilt. Um, a little bit of Mississippi moonshine with him on a few nights. But that being said, he was successful. But he didn't fall in line. And philosophical differences reared its ugly head. Fast forward to Ollie Marmel, a manager who had never managed in the majors, 
bench coach, all that stuff, lots of experience. Now he's given the ultimate opportunity. I wonder if they feel like that's just dangled out there. Like, here's your opportunity, play nice, and... I think it. I think we're saying the same things. you know things. what I'm saying? I think we're saying the same things. Jim. Like, I'm not saying that John Mosellock sits there in his office and say, listen, you're going to be the manager, uh, per se, and... Um, net, net. Net, net. You get your resume built. And then, um, you know, because we do the, the, the Cardinal way here, and um, you can really benefit from that. But you have to listen to uh, pretty much everything I say. Or else. I can see him That's doing not that. bad. I can see him doing that. I think, I think it's just kind of implied. You have your opportunity. You're getting your first... You're 35 years old, in Ollie's case. Schilt was young, too. You're going to have your opportunity. You grew up within this organization. We're pr- promoting from within. But it's ultimately the front office is higher. It's the front office's players. It's the front office's philosophy. Blame, I, I blame, you know who I blame free agency on? Both Mo and DeWitt. DeWitt's got to give you the ultimate, hey, yeah. here you go, and Mo's got to sign the right damn players. The roster overall is all Mo. I agree with that. And I don't blame the DeWitts uh, for that in particular because... They're not telling him who to sign. Correct. They're giving him an, an allotment of money. Right. Here's what you're allowed to spend this year. This is our budget. It's not what we can afford because we know we can afford more than that. Yeah, so before Cardinal Nation goes crazy, right. we know that, but this is what we've budgeted. Mm-hmm. So John Mosellock, here is your budget. Go make a team. I don't think Bill DeWitt Jr. or anybody else is sitting there at the free agent table worrying about filling out the 40-man roster and we got to sign this guy to a minor league deal. I, they're not doing that. You cannot micromanage a company like that. But when the big fish hit the table and you're looking to spend a huge chunk of money, like the Contreras thing, I guarantee the DeWitts were in on the Contreras negotiation. Because even though it would have fallen under the budget, when you have a massive piece of the pie that's being used on one player, ownership has to give you the the, the seal of approval mm-hmm. on it. So the DeWitts are kind of sort of involved, but I, be- I, I totally agree with you. John Mosellock and Michael Gersh... And the rest of their scouting staff, they're the ones who form the team, and John Mosellock has the last say on all of it. Yep. And you're in last place. Mm-hmm. By the way, the, the safe word was iterated on the field. The text line let us know. There you go. Wilson's yelling, four, four, four. And then Ali Marmel, even in the post game, said that the whole team was yelling the safe word. The, his teammates were yelling for him to go home. Yeah, everyone in the dugout as well. Yeah, okay. yeah. probably couldn't hear it. Or I'm not exactly sure. I've yet to catch up with them. Hmm. At some point, it's okay to blame the players. I know I know. typically it's not allowed. So I know that we're just blaming typically either Mo or the manager. We've been blaming the players all year. Uh, well, but people want not everybody, Mo not everybody, Not everybody's on board with that. There is this... There. I'm not saying it's every fan, but there's a, there is a group of fans that believe that the players can do no wrong. That Ollie didn't say to, I don't know, play good baseball. So the players didn't know. Gonna manage. It's it's professional. It's professional baseball. This is not the developmental league. When you come up, 
unless you're a, a horse bleep team, which the Cardinals will be in the second half, so hopefully there's a bit of a youth movement, but unless you're a horse bleep team, you're supposed to produce at this level. I was told by a wise man once that uh, the manager in Major League Baseball is one of the more overrated positions mm-hmm. in all of sports. Yeah, it was Andrew Brent. He's a smart man. We got a great text, too, by the way, guys, and this one makes sense. It really does. Um, it said that uh, Wilson Contreras was yelling for the ball, was yelling the safe word to um, Jordan Hicks, but uh, didn't realize that it wasn't in his repertoire. Oh, yeah, to <clears throat> call on that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense now. Tax line's hot. Nobody's safe. <laughs> <laughs> the fast lane. Nobody's yeah. where nobody's safe. Sports six pack is next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Kyle Heber coming on with us at 4.15. Get a little... St. Louis City SC action in for you. Check in with our guy Kyle. But right now, we've got the sports six-pack. We need more soccer, Anthony. More. Question number one. 415, Jamie. Guys, from the 314, could you see Mo, uh, sorry, Gersh, not acquiring pitching just because everyone in existence the past few years have said to acquire pitching? What? I can see them not acquiring pitching because they think that this is just a, a one-off season and they're going to, you know, re-sign some of these guys and oh, you know, just, like who? I don't know, Flaherty and Montgomery? No. Can't do it. No, not, I know you can't do it, can. but not even they can do it. All they can do. Uh, they can do a lot. Even if they so even if they did. They could do a lot by doing nothing. <laughs> even if they did. They still only have three pitchers in their rotation next year. Correct. <laughs> They're going to have to go get pitching one way or another. You, know, you got Burleson. Burleson can step in. His ERA is not the worst. Hmm. I mean, I've got zero faith that they're going to be aggressive. I mean, really aggressive. I mentioned this earlier. I think the bare minimum would be them just trading off the expiring contracts. That's the bare minimum at the deadline. Hmm. I think you got to be more aggressive. Question two, please. Question number two. Interesting question here. I never really thought about this. Does Tarasenko sign a deal with the KHL and <clears throat> leave the NHL? Obviously, he recently fired his agent yeah. and probably won't get term or dollars that he wanted. No. His ego won't let him do that. It won't. I mean, Tarasenko, he tries to act... Like he's a quiet guy, just kind of keeps to himself. He likes the attention. He likes it very much. And uh, I don't know where he's going to land. There's rumors about Carolina. There's rumors about Ottawa. Uh, I, I just don't know. I just, I don't believe the market is what he thought it was going to be for his his services. And I think that a direct tell on that is firing his agent. Why would you fire your agent? during free agency 
You're not hearing the number you want. You're not getting the attention you thought you were going to get or the number, and you're blaming who? The agent. The agent, who, by the mm. way, doesn't play hockey in the NHL. The agent's job is to kick the tires on teams that could be good fits and answer the phone for the teams that call. I don't necessarily know how the agent screws this up. and Because the agent's job is to bring any and all offers to the player and let the player decide. So it's not like the agent's going and, and not telling him about offers or you know, whatever. So for me, it's a reaction by a player who isn't getting the attention he thought he was going to get or the numbers he was going to get. So it's definitely the agent's fault. Let's fire him and go with somebody else and see what happens. So it makes it look like the agent is the one working hard enough for uh-huh. him and said his value is just not what he thinks it is. Somebody mm-hmm. says six three six. You don't really have to trash Tarasenko every time he's brought up. I'm not trashing him. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what I know about the individual. It, it's not trashing him. This is what's happened. Mike Liute was his agent. Got him that massive deal, that incredible deal that just expired last year. He got Tarasenko a great deal. Fired him because he wanted to be traded and he wanted to join Panarin and do all that stuff. And then that agent didn't work out, so now he fired him. That is just the facts. I'm not. It's not my opinion. It's the facts. I think what the texture meant to say was, you never asked him about his summer, and I don't mm. think it sat well with mm. a lot of Blues fans. Yeah, well, I I wasn't at that press conference, and uh, mm. had I been, says it all. I I I would have asked him about his summer. Mm. Anthony, I'm glad that you picked up on those context clues mm. for sure. Question number three. I saw this on Twitter, and I wanted to ask you guys this question. The question is, would you rather be given $1 million or have 10 carries in an NFL game to gain five yards for $10 million? Oh, Say that again. So you just, option A, $1 million. Here you go. Option B, you get 10 carries. Mm Mm-hmm. In an NFL game to gain five yards for $10 million. Option B. So I get 10 carries to get the five yards, yes. right? It's not, okay. Option B, for sure. There's an offensive line out there that can help me get the five yards and 10 carries. So we're talking about like an average offensive line? Like you've got quarterbacks in the NFL that can barely move. That'll Tom Brady, my boy. Yeah. That guy scurries for 10 to 12 every now and then. Mm-hmm. Would you do 10 QB sneaks? To try and get five yards. Um, not a bad strategy. Well, I guess, no, strategy. you would have to be a running back. But, yeah, so if you're a running back. Give me the ball. Uh, I'm going to take the one mil. I'm going to put it in the bank. I'm going to coward. I'm going to do the smart thing on this. No, you're and, not. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm going to put it, I'm gonna put it in. I'm going to put it in the bank. I'm going to live off the interest. I'm going to do the smart thing. I'm going to keep working right here. Anthony, you're going to get taxed off that million dollars, and there's I no know. way you'll be able to live off the interest. Okay, okay? well, I'm going to keep working then. I don't then. know what world you live in. I'm going to keep working, mm-hmm. and I'm going to allow the $1 million to work for me uh, in the bank. I'm I'm going for the yardage. These legs got enough in them. I can get five yards and ten carries. I wish you luck, my friend. Uh-huh. I feel like I would just get blown up. <laughs> like, I would get blown you up would, trying. You, you would, but you'd figure it out. Like, at, at some point, you, you'd you figure out how to squeeze out five yards. Even if I got the ball, I got to the line of scrimmage and dove head first for ten times, I'd get five yards. You would think, yeah. You yeah. would think. My luck, it'd be, I'd be like one, I'd have one carry left. For sure. 
needing two yards, and I would think that I could bounce it outside, I get tripped up, and then I get nothing. <laughs> they bring out the chains for Anthony's ten million dollars. <laughs> awesome. Now I'm oh, not he's saying short. he's short. <laughs> that would be terrible. I'm not saying I wouldn't spend the rest of the month in the ice bath after this. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no doubt yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. I'll just take the mill. Yeah. I think I would too. I think I think I'd do You've it. You've changed. Question number four. All righty, guys. So, from the six three six, if possible, would you trade Goldschmidt, maybe in a three way deal with the White Sox to acquire Giolito in prospects? Ooh, those three ways are always tempting. Mm-hmm. Um, what other team are we bringing into this? It would have to be a contender, I'm assuming. Hmm. Giolito's a free agent, so no. It'd have to be Cease. If it's Dylan Cease, it's a different story. But Giolito's a free agent, so that does nothing for you. That's a good point. So if it's Dylan, if you put Dylan Cease in that category, then yes. Sign me up. I'm with you. All right. There you have it. Call it next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 402, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Salter. We welcome in David, who's going to participate in the gauntlet. What's up, David? What's going on, fellas? How much? First time in the gauntlet? Uh, second time. Okay. You got me uh, last time. Oh, gauntlet 1.0? Yeah. So is it a review? You got me on a walk-off. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Unheard of. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, David, is this a revenge spot? <laughs> revenge spot for you? Are you going after Jamie or Marsh? Oh, I'm gonna need some payback. Okay, you choosing me? Yep. All right. Good luck, David. Thanks. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right, Anthony, get your butt into the cone of silence here, as Anthony makes his way into the cone of silence. Which, by the way, now we have these cameras. It's great because right behind me here is the window. And Anthony, you see him in the room there, the actual cone of silence. So now you guys see that we're not cheating about this at all. All right, David, there's going to be four questions. Each question is worth two points. If you use the options, answer the correct uh, question correctly, you get one point. If you don't get the answer right, well, you get zero points. What I'm going to need you to do now, David, is tell Marshy to spin that wheel. Spin that wheel, Marshy. All right, David, which category do you absolutely not want today? Uh, hockey. Okay, well, good news. It's not hockey. Bad news, though, it's football again, and that's Anthony's strong suit. That's all right. That's what I wanted. Yes, I like this. Mono a mono here. All right, Marshy passed me over the questions here. All right, David, are you ready to go? Yes, I am. Okay. Again, the category is football. Question number one. What college did Patrick Mahomes play for? Texas Tech. Final answer? Yep. All right. Thank you. 
Question number two. Following his time in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell played 17 games for which team? The New York Jets. Final answer? Yep. All right, David. Question number three. Who was the Patriots' primary running back the last time they won the Super Bowl? He scored the team's only touchdown in their 13-3 victory over the Rams and Super Bowl 23. Or 53. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> These Roman numerals get me every time. Obviously. Uh, All right, was it James White, Rex Burkhead, or Sony Michelle? I'm going to go James White. Final? Final answer. All right. Question number four. Who was the Rams head coach in their first two seasons in St. Louis? Oh. Uh. Options, please. Was it Chuck Knox, Dick Vermeil, or Rich Brooks? I think it was Rich Brooks. Final answer? Final answer. All right, David. Let's get Anthony. I shocked myself Are you again. Shock- yeah. You shocking yourself? Let's get. I am. You gotta be mm. careful when you do that. Mm-hmm. Anthony coming in from the cone of silence. David, how are you feeling about this today? Uh, good till that Rams question. All right. Okay. Blank my mind. All right. Well, we're gonna be quiet here because Anthony's plugging his ears back in here. We don't want to give him any uh, indication. All right. All right. All right, uh, Anthony, uh, Kona Silence looked very lonely today. Mm-hmm. Nobody Yeah, no rider in there today. Hmm. No rider playing some jams. Yeah. Mm. All right. Were you showing off the camera? I was showing the, the uh, Kona Silence. our YouTubers the Kona Silence so they actually see, like, we really do have a room that's yeah. blocked off. So, All right, Anthony. Um, better pack a lunch. Like, actually remember to pack a lunch this mm-hmm. time. Okay. All right. Just what's my category? Hockey? For those of you who don't know, Anthony forgot to pack a lunch for his daughter today and uh, had to uh, circle back and go back home. And uh, he got here at like 159. Well, look, it was a gas station lunch, okay? Yeah. Poor Maddie. Was it a chuck wagon? What's a chuck wagon? It's you know, just one of the. Yeah, it's just oh, it's just whatever yeah. the, yeah. at gas stations. Yeah. 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 No? No. All right. It's one of my favorite. Good job. Sandwiches at Thank the you. gas station. All right, Anthony, here we go. Question number one. Categories football. Oh, okay. I like foosball. Uh-huh. What college did Patrick Mahomes play for? Patrick Mahomes was a Texas Tech Red Raider. Final answer. Question number two. Following, following his time in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell played 17 games for which team? The New York Football Jets. Final answer. Question number three. Who was the Patriots' primary running back the last time they won the Super Bowl? He scored the team's only touchdown in their 13-3 victory over the Rams in Super Bowl 53. He scored the only touchdown against the Rams. Hmm. They only have 487 running backs at all times. 
Sony Michelle is the one that comes to mind, but I'm going to ask for the options, please. Was it James White, Rex Burkhead, or Sony Michelle? James White, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle. I'm going to go with Sony Michelle. I'm going to go with my gut. Final answer. Question number four. Who was the Rams head coach in their first two seasons in St. Louis? I think it was Rich Brooks. Rich Brooks, final answer. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Let's go over these. Question number one. I think this one was relatively easy for you guys. What college did Patrick Mahomes play for? David, you said Texas Tech. Anthony, you also said Texas Tech. The answer is... Texas Tech. Neither of you needed the option. Nice job, David. 2-2 two, two after Thank one. You. Let's go to question number two. Following his time in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell played 17 games for which team? David, you said the New York Jets. Anthony, you said the New York Football Jets. The answer is... J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And neither of you needed the options. All right, David. We are 4-4 after Whew. two. Let's go to the last question. Who was the Rams head coach in their first two seasons in St. Louis? David, you said Rich Brooks. Anthony, you also said Rich Brooks. The answer is... Rich Brooks. Anthony didn't need the options, though. 6-5 after mm. three questions. Final question. And you both have different answers. Oof. Who was the Patriots' primary running back the last time they won the Super Bowl? He scored the team's only touchdown in their 13-3 victory over the Rams in Super Bowl 53. David took the options. You said James White. Anthony, you also took the options. You said Sony Michelle. If David is right, he's going back to a walk-off <laughs> with Anthony once again. If Anthony is right, well, he takes David's soul once again here in the gauntlet. <laughs> Marshy, the answer is... Sony Michelle. David. You have uh, chosen poorly. You lose. <laughs> he got you, David. He got you, man. That's close again, David. Good fight. You too. Uh, have a good one. All right. All right thanks take for care, listening. Buddy. Have a good one. I, I was. Anthony, you're hot right now. That was uh, that was a good one. That was a good battle there. Sony yeah. Michelle. Sony Michelle. You know, I, I would have gone with Sony Michelle too. Just. Out of like mm -hmm. being a Patriots fan, that's your but, firstborn. But James White was—I was like, mm, I started like I knew it wasn't Rex Burkhead. Mm -hmm. But uh, you guys, good job, man. Jamie, I credit you with that win. You know why? My good looks. Do you know the other reason? Oh, what's that? Went with my gut. Yeah, you did. You taught me that long time ago. Mm -hmm. Every now and then, you doubt yourself, Anthony, mm -hmm. and I don't like that when you do that. Jamie, I don't either. Jamie teaches. 
So Both much. of us. So much. Yeah. He's and we try to implement that in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you're welcome. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Appreciate David playing in the gauntlet today. Kyle Hebert is next. We'll talk a little uh, football. Uh, the other football. Or the football, I guess. Is it the football? Yeah, football. The, the football. original football. Yeah. It, was existed, it existed way before. That's what I thought. Right? I think so. It's got it. We'll ask Kyle Hebert that next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. In a second here, we'll talk to Kyle Hebert from St. Louis City SC. By the way, <clears throat> what? even with the cameras, people still think that we're cheating at what? in the gauntlet. The ga- no, we're not. I'll let, you, I'll let everybody in on a little secret. Don't do it. Don't. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. It would, be, it would be horrible if we were cheating. It wouldn't be any fun. No, I'd have no... Uh... We've also handed out a buttload of trophies lately uh-huh. we have enough people almost to have like a gauntlet tournament of winners yeah for we, 2.0 we have not played well and somebody and they're probably joking but if they're not like what is anthony looking down at i write down stuff from the mm-hmm. question to make sure that i get it right like mm-hmm. right in my head i write down stuff i know i'm watching we all have a process yeah mine you know anyways goes towards video games right jamie you know, has his process mm-hmm yeah. yeah, I don't know what that is either. <laughs> I, I don't know what to write down. All right, let's head to our celebrity line. Let's talk to our guy, Kyle Hebert, who joins us right now. St. Louis City SC with a 2-0 victory over Colorado, and they take on Toronto this weekend uh, in Toronto. So Kyle has an opportunity to go uh, go go back to his, his home country this weekend, so that should be fun. Kyle, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. What's it like to go up to to, Toronto and and go back uh, to your your home country for a little bit? Yeah, it'll be good. I've got uh, some family friends in Toronto. So, you know, it's far away from where my family is in Winnipeg. You know, some people assume I've had people ask, you know, before if I went to college, like, you know, someone in Toronto, so-and-so. And it's like, look, Toronto's got however many million people and I've never been there before. So, but now I do, so it'll be good having those family friends there. But other than that, it's a regular road game for us. Yeah, to, to some of us, Kyle, let's say it's just Canada. Yeah. You know, well, you're going to Canada. People think that for whatever reason that we all know each other. Because I used to get the same thing. I'm from Ottawa, and there'd be somebody from, like, Edmonton. Hey, do you know that guy John who works at the, 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 the Tim Hortons? No, no, I don't. I really don't. They just assume that we all know each other, Kyle. Yeah, and to be fair, I usually uh, I'll entertain it for the first bit. You know, say, "Hey, I know somebody, you know, from Canada," and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, who is it?" You know, and kind of get them going a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, they're from Toronto, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, what part?" You know what I mean? Or just going. <laughs> Eventually, you let them down easy, but for the first bit, they're really excited. I know this guy. That's awesome. So, Kyle, honestly, when I used to travel uh, and get back to Canada in, in my playing days. 
there's always like a couple of staples that you want to get to. Like you, you can't wait to get back to whether it's Tim Hortons or maybe it's <laughs> Harvey's, get a Harvey's burger and things like that. Is there anything in Canada that as soon as you get there, you're like, okay, I got to check this out. I miss this. Uh, to be honest, no, not really. I'm not much of a, a coffee drinker. Otherwise, I think it would for sure be Tim Hortons. That's the that's the big one for the Canadians I know that are coffee drinkers. But no, nothing nothing in particular that I'm getting back to. You're not going to take down a big greasy poutine? No, not the night before the game. <laughs> I won't tell Bradley. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I don't think Kyle wants to do it. it might be it might no. be a little slow on the pitch. Be like a brick in his yeah. No stomach. kidding. Uh, Kyle Heber joining us right now from St. Louis City SC. All right, Kyle, two two nil victory over Colorado last weekend. What what was the key for in in your eyes? What do you think was the the key to victory? Yeah, I think getting that. I mean, you guys talked about it before. When we score first, it's like things things go well, you know. Did you tell Bradley that? You know, I still I should tell him now after that one because it's it's worked again now. So it's worked so many times. Oh, this is it's uh it's too good to to not be true. Right. But then you you get the crowd momentum into it as well at that point. You grab an early goal at City Park, the mo- momentum's going. And to be honest, we really could have had three or four in the first half. We end up going in with a two 0 lead. Um, we end up keeping it through the game, which as a defender. You know, I'll take two nil over five one any day. But it was uh, it was a big one for us, and and the crowd, that energy helped us so much. Kyle, a lot of talk heading into this season, just with the way you guys stylistically play as a team. That you know, once it starts to get really hot and humid, it might wear you guys down, and you might feel the elements of playing here in St. Louis, which, boy, it sure does get hot and and humid. Are, how does how has that been going for you guys so far? Yeah, well, to be honest, I love the. I don't listen to much of the noise, but I, I love those components where it's you know oh it's St. Louis is the the especially early in the year it was the opponent is passing them the ball for goals, or <laughs> oh you know it's it's they're just starting a little hot and then they'll start to show as an expansion team. And now this one gets me fired up too. You know, now that it's hot, we'll start to, to to slow down, and the results will stop coming. So I think that motivates me um, individually as a competitor. And then the the other side of it too is, you know, we are a high pressing, high energy team, but we're not we're not one dimensional. So we can be in more of a compact block, and we can get our, our breath back and recover and. So we've got a couple different, you know, tools in our toolbox we can utilize when it gets hot like that. And, um, yeah, so we, we should be ready. And, and to be honest, the opponent will be feeling it too. You know, they're maybe they're running a little bit less than us, but they're still having to put in the meters as well. So I think it works both ways. Kyle, you guys, you're relying a lot, a lot, of, your, on, uh, a lot of your depth. When it comes to playing defense in this system – if you're preaching something to or you're helping out a young teammate or somebody that's that's just coming in that you guys are going to have to rely upon for big minutes coming up, what is the most important aspect about playing defense in this system for City, City SA? Yeah, I, w- I would say it's something we talk about, and that's going all the way with your decision-making. So if I'm you know, deciding, hey, I'm going to release and I'm going to press this guy, 
if I go, you know, half the way, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get there. Now I'm kind of get caught in between or vice versa. It's all right sometimes to, to stay, you know, maybe we're numbers down in transition. So I'd say within their decision-making framework, whenever you do something, just commit to it all the way, because then the rest of the defensive line, like if I fly out to press the right wing back, now Tim knows he's got to haul it and get across. Like he's got no option. And then Yarrow knows he's got to haul it and get across. And Akil knows he's got to haul and get across. And then it's kind of on them. Whereas if I'm staying back all the way, they know they can be more competent. If I go half the way, now I'm putting my fellow teammate in a bind. So that would be my one of my biggest pieces of advice. How much communication is done on the pitch when you guys are, are, are talking? Because I think about your playing – if you are aggressive, well, now somebody's got to fill in your spot. If I if if the if the vision is correct in my head, which it probably isn't, but how much communication is done between you and Tim and the rest of your defensemen, where you you know you're flying up to maybe maybe press somebody, somebody's got to cover behind you. Are you communicating communicating all the time, or is that is that feel between you and your teammates? Yeah, I would say most of the time it's it's feel and nonverbal communication kind of when I'm pressing out like that. Um, and it helps, too, in our system where there's certain cues or triggers that everyone knows. So, like, let, it's a big switch, and if I can get out there, Tim just knows that I'm going because it's something we've talked about all the time and we've reinforced. Um, and I think maybe sometimes there's a bit of a gray area where it's like I could go or couldn't go. And sometimes I'll hear from Tim, you know, stay, stay, stay. Or vice versa, when we're tracking across the other way, there'll be a runner coming off his shoulder. And most of the time, it's just creating that awareness. So I don't even yell. And I mean, you're out of breath. Like, you're, keep in mind, you're running full speed. So you're trying to communicate. So it's, it's hard to say, Tim, there's a runner coming on your left shoulder. So I'll just, I'll just yell his name. I'll say, Tim, Tim, Tim. And he'll recognize, hey, I got something in my blind spot I got to take a look for. It makes sense. Kyle, you guys coming up here, you, you, we've talked about you guys going to Toronto as far as the city's concerned. What's the game plan versus Toronto? Yeah, I mean, they're they're a good team at home. They're, um, you know, we, we had a tough result away at Nashville, and Nashville went to Toronto and, and tied them. And so we know that they can, at times, they can sit in a deeper block. Honestly, kind of like Colorado can when, they're, when Colorado was against the ball. Um, so we're expecting at times we're going to have to be able to, you know, move the ball around in their half um, and kind of break them down when they're already already in a block. With you know that already being said, we're we're a very good transition team. When when they're attacking, we get it. We want to go quickly, but just that was something we were working on. You know, you know this week is just and the week prior too for Colorado is just being good on the ball. You know when they are sitting back and finding the right moments to find those. Uh, split passes all right kyle heber joining us right now in the fast line on 101 espn kyle this is again i apologize you're you're teaching me here but deeper block would that would that be an opponent sitting back in their in their end hoping to leave you guys with less space is that what you mean by deeper block yeah yeah exactly so whenever you sit back like that takes away the space in behind a team and so you you have less of that ability to put the ball behind them and, and go get it and then also it also can set them up for for their transition moments because now our whole team is in their half so you have to find the right balance of 
you don't want to play passively and not create anything, but there's certain times you don't want to force it when then they can start to transition the other way and they've got a lot of space to run into. Um, so I think just finding that balance will be, will be really important for us. It always is important for us. There's always situations in the game you end up and they're, they got 11 guys behind the ball in their half. But especially for this game, I think it'll be, that'll be a big part of the game. That makes sense. Thanks for the breakdown. If I'm going to take over for Bradley Carnell at some point, I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to learn the game, but just uh, be just be ready to score first every game. All right. Yeah, I think once we do that, honestly, that should be the number one thing. <laughs> Kyle, you're always a lot of fun. You're always informative. We we appreciate it. We love having you on the show. I hope that uh, you're still enjoying, uh, you know, a couple of goofballs here and Jamie and I. But good luck this weekend, and hopefully, we get a chance to talk to you again next week. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Jamie. All right, take care. That's Kyle Hebert here on 101 ESPN. I I think about when he's talking about the defensive play, I started to get the vision in my head of you as a defenseman, Jamie. You know, the the hockey sense. Somebody's pinching. Your your, your teammates are going to have to – you have to fill that spot. I always talk about – it's literally what it is, is in hockey, if you have one guy who steps up in the neutral zone, the other defenseman has to cut the ice in half. Mm-hmm. And all that means he's got to get to the halfway point. Because if he stays out wide, the middle of the ice is wide open. Right. So then a guy, a player will take a hit to make a play and chip the puck into the open ice, and now you're in a foot race. Or even worse, maybe there's a breakaway. So when you slide over and cut the ice in half, your partner can press, and at the same time you take away the middle of the ice and you can get some help on the backside pressure, too, from forwards. Soccer's a lot the same way. They they do that. They hinge over there. Like So if one guy goes, you know, all the defenders kind of hinge over and take away the dangerous area. And like he talked about, a deeper block, some people call it that, or parking the bus, basically. They say that, you know, park the bus at the top of the box. It just means that it's really hard to get offensive players behind the defenders because of the offside rule for one thing mm-hmm. and what it does is it creates a lot of turnovers if you're trying to you know get the it's like putting the puck through the middle of the ice yeah. and getting it knocked down it's a very difficult system to play against you have to have a lot of patience it makes sense that's almost like two safeties too in football you know mm-hmm. so if if the strong safety is going to yeah, jump goes, around the guy's got to come across yeah or if it, if your zone is being flooded you have to have that communication with not only your your fellow safety but your linebackers too it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. If you want to know why the pitching has been an issue this year, you don't have to look back very far to some missteps along the way. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. One of the biggest challenges for this organization's success moving forward is how do they find that pipeline of pitching again? How do they make sure it's a priority? Because as we've talked in the past, uh, there's no better currency in baseball than young pitching. If you have it, like you can make moves for other things. That was our guy Brad Thompson who joined us earlier today in the fast lane with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. I agree with BT. 100%. If you have good young pitching, whether it's coming up through the organization that you're utilizing at the big league level, you're developing that rotation from within, great. You don't have to. You could. You could still go out in free agency and spend big. And Okay, great. But you don't have to do it that way. 
You don't have to be in a spot where you're allowing the market to force you into bad deals. Dexter Fowler wound up being a bad deal, not only because it didn't work out, but because you thought you absolutely had to have a center fielder and a leadoff spot and a, a leadoff hitter. That led you to Dexter Fowler because that was the guy in that market that happened to be the leadoff hitter and the center fielder. You overpaid. You gave him the extra, the the extra a year on that. That's the worst part of free agency when you absolutely need something, and you're allowing the market, that specific market, to force you to go out and spend big. They may not even be the best players at those spots. But you're forced into it because you haven't done a good job drafting it. But I went back, so after watching Libertor and Dakota Hudson struggle again last night, Jamie, I went back and looked at where things have gone wrong from a pitching standpoint for the Cardinals. It's not hard to see why. We love to talk about you didn't sign Scherzer the one year or the or two years. You didn't sign this player, that player, this player. All true. But when Jack Flaherty is your first-round pick in 2014 and injuries – have completely ruined his career. Injuries and lack of production this season, I would say. Jake Woodford was your first rounder in 2015. He has not worked out. I don't think he will work out. He's not a frontline starter. He's probably not a back, line, a back of the rotation guy either. Again, that's that was your investment in 2015. In 2016, it was Dakota Hudson. Same idea. It's not working out. And then in 2020, you, of course, acquired Matthew Libertor for Randy Rosarina, left-hander, one of the top pitching prospects within the, the Rays organization at the time. Made sense. It's not working out. Maybe it will at some point because Libertor is only, I don't know, 23, 24 years old. Maybe it'll work out. But it hasn't thus far. You missed a big bridge between what you did have the last time you had a good rotation and what you hope is the combination of Tink Kens and Michael McGreevy and Connor Jerpy and Graceffo. You missed this bridge year. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing right there, Anthony, is, and we talked about it with BT, is the guys who are supposed to be the next man up as far as your next wave of pitchers, they're just not there. Mm-hmm. You bring Woodford, Hudson, Libertor, like these are guys that were supposed to get the job done. So if all three guys um, fulfilled their expectations, and all three were in the rotation, your rotation now going into next year wouldn't look so bad. You'd have Michaelis. You'd have three of these young guys. Maybe Stephen Matz at that point. Maybe someone new. But the but specifically, Libertor, Hudson, and Woodford have not panned out. Mm-hmm. And those are the big misses right now. You were you were banking on those guys, or at least two of the three, being right. able to be rotation guys. Now you don't have one that's a rotation guy. Mm-hmm. Not right now. That's a huge problem for the Cardinals. That Those three picks were huge misses. And now they're paying for it. You went over gopher. On those four guys. It, it, they're paying for it now, and they will yep. pay for it. They'll pay for it from a team standpoint. And in free agency. And then they'll pay for it financially. Yes. Here's the, here's, they're going to have to overpay for mid-pitchers. It's exa- it's the De- it's Dexter Fowler all over again, except for now it's a pitch- from a pitching standpoint. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And you have less control over free agency. Mm-hmm. 
we talk about free agency like it's the answer. It's actually either you're adding it to go over the top if you already have a good roster, which that that's what it should be. At its worst, though, you're overpaying for for the production that you're likely not going to get. It won't match the contract because you blanked up in, in the draft. So you're right. They're going to have to overpay for some of these pitchers and then hope that they sign. I'm interested in just seeing what they do because, I mean, Jamie, you've mentioned it before. Maybe the reason why they uh, didn't make the move for Sean Murphy was because they didn't want to give up some of these players, sort of like scared to see that happen all over again, the Randy Rosarena thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see if they do do that and they do end up trading someone like Brendan Donovan or, hell, maybe even Nolan Gorman. If they are willing to do that, are they going to get the right guy? Because we've seen in the past, those guys did not turn out as expected. So are they going to do that, or are they going to hold their cards, you know, close to their chest? See what you did there. And yes, I respect. And uh, and not trade for pitching, and maybe try and do the free agent market thing that we haven't really seen all that much in the past few years. Right. So your point, you build this, you built this offense. Do you like what you see out of Nolan Gorman? You're liking what you're seeing out of mm-hmm. Jordan Walker. You like what you see out of Brennan Donovan and Tommy Edmond isn't the the perfect specimen offensively, but he's certainly cap- capable and and is somebody that gives you that flexibility. Mm-hmm. You Arenado and Goldschmidt, you have built this offense. But because you miss so badly on your pitching staff, you may have to now part mm-hmm. with some of those pieces. For sure. You know, it's the old Rob Rob Peter to pay Paul, Andrew Brandt. Said said it, and he was he's, mm-hmm. he was right then. He's right now, and maybe next year you start losing games yeah, uh, Brandt, two nothing, three sure. one, you know, four three, right? Instead of ten nine, mm-hmm. right? You're losing different games now because maybe next year your pitching's good, but you just lost that spark on offense because you had to pay for it. Yep. Here's where it really ends up being a, a bit of a mess, guys. As I've wrote, wrote down these names, so your first wave of replacements, we'll call them, to your aging rotation, were Libertor, Hudson, and Woodford. Yep. And they were supposed to be the placeholders during Michaelis's extension, Stephen Matz, play that out, and then Graceffo, McGreevy, uh, those guys, Tink Hentz, that's like the next wave. Mm-hmm. So now you have a gap because your first wave of those guys – haven't panned out yet. So now you can't force feed Graceffo, McGreevy, Hence, or Jerpy for that matter. You can't force feed them into the rotation too soon. It'll just ruin everything. So now you have a gap of two to three years, I think, mm-hmm. that you have to make up mm-hmm. before before those guys can be a part of this. And there's no guarantee that they'll end the up being right. major league starting pitchers. You also had Zach Thompson, who was supposed to be a part of this little song and dance, too. Yeah, I left him out just because we don't know yet. Well, but that but the Cardinals have no one to blame but themselves for that. Mm-hmm. He was a starting pitcher, left-handed starter. Uh, him and Libertor, two lefties. Everybody's talking about these guys down in, in Memphis. And then the Cardinals said, no, no, we like him out of the bullpen, which he did good. Fine, he did better in the out of the bullpen at the major league level, but then you're like, yeah, now because we notice we've got this massive hole in our rotation for next year, we got we might need him to go back to being a starting pitcher. 
So you've compounded your one mistake by making two mistakes with the same player. That's correct. So you have four guys now that really haven't panned out that were supposed to be your placeholders till your next wave of young pitching came up to help out, which is the new wave of guys that are just still too far away. Yeah, this is a big problem. Yeah, speaking of wave, you wait. You these guys, Flaherty, Woodford, Hudson, Libertor, you're you're sitting on that wave. You're out in the ocean. You're sitting on the wave. All right, here we go. This is gonna this is gonna be the one that to to get us going. That wave never came. Now you're waiting for that's right the the wave in the, and and you're getting eaten by sharks in the meantime. A hundred percent. It's a disaster. So what do it's you do great. then? No. What do you do in that meantime? Let's give it uh, three, four years. Do you go out? Do you give a guy a three to four year contract, or do you give certain pitchers that are, you know, do you do you ride it out a few years and then in three or four years maybe you start building a team like maybe like the Atlanta Braves? Do you know what you do? Trade Goldie. Oh, I was gonna do. I was gonna do something else there. I the you trade Goldie. I mean that. Yeah. And you can go pick up a couple of another team's um, Hudson Woodford Libertor. I don't mean talent wise. Mm. They're another team's young mm-hmm. pitchers that are right there. What were you gonna say? We'll talk about it next on One Hundred and One ESPN. Oh, wow, that was really good. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. talking about the Cardinals pitching staff and the gap that the Cardinals essentially missed because you don't have a healthy Jack Flaherty you didn't over the last couple of years his that trajectory that he was on it, it fell apart injuries and then lack of production Jake Woodford first round pick in 2015 Dakota Hudson first round pick in 2016 Matthew Libertor was the obviously the trade that you made in 2020 when you sent Randy Rosarina and Jose Martinez down to Tampa you thought Jamie, and you're not going to hit on all these guys, but to your point that you made, you thought maybe two of the four. Two of the four. You yeah. didn't get any. No, 100%. So, Marsh should ask the question at the end of that segment, well, what do you do now? What do you do between where you are right now, which is a dumpster fire with your starting with with your pitching staff, and what you hope is going to be a new crop of talent that actually works out within your farm system. And the answer to that is, it all depends on this deadline. I think this is a huge deadline for John Mosellock and for Michael Gersh. You think the deadline's that big? Yes. Hmm. Because if you get to free agency, it's not as it's not like you weren't in yeah. on Carlos Rodon last offseason. Carlos Rodon, he's been injured, so it, it wouldn't have worked out anyways. But Carlos Rodon signed with the Yankees. You don't want to go into the offseason thinking, we have to have this guy. We have to have that guy. Again, that's how you overpay. And there's no guarantee that somebody... And, and I don't mean overpay. Who cares about overpay? I mean overpay and not and still not get production. You have no idea if these guys are going to sign with you or somebody else. So that is why I think this deadline. Yeah, you 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 really you haven't been a seller. 
the last time I remember them being kind of a seller is when they traded Tommy Pham and Luke Voigt the one the one trade deadline. You're gonna be a, you're gonna be a legit seller now. You have to take advantage of it. So, based off of what you're saying, I, I, I'm looking at it as you've got a couple of different waves or layers to this restocking the rotation. So the the trade deadline would be one layer mm-hmm. of it. So you go and you acquire some pitching, uh, hopefully some cost-controlled pitching, or some young prospects that are right there, the 4A, that type of player. Yeah, uh, And that's your first wave. And then you head into the offseason with free agency, that's your second wave. Right. And you try to put together the rest of your rotation at that point. I agree with you. I think you should have multiple kicks at the can for this restocking of the pitching staff. I think you have to. Because to your point, everybody, this this offseason, there's going to be a lot of pitchers available, not so many aces or number ones. Um, really, I don't know if any of them. I mean, what, Nola? Nola. Would, he, would he be considered yeah. the guy? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got one guy, but now everybody's going to like him. He's not just your shiny toy. He's everybody's right. shiny toy. And so you end up with a Rodon situation to where maybe he doesn't want to come here uh, or maybe somebody offers more money or whatever it is. You're not guaranteed to get the pitcher that you're wanting at that point. So it's probably in your best interest to have acquired a, f- a couple pitchers via the trade deadline so that you're not sitting there next year's spring training with Steven Matz, Miles Michaelis, uh, Libertor, Hudson, Woodford, Ugh. I'm serious. Or a bunch I'm of guys seriously disgusted. Or or a number of guys like that. And then you're hoping to cash out at free agency. You can't. You've got money that you can spend that you want to spend, mm-hmm. but you're not getting the player that you want. Right. Because some of these players might look at it and go, I know the Cardinals organization has a rich history of being successful and, and, and it is one of the historic franchise in the league, but that pitching staff sucks. And if I go there, I might be one good pitcher, but we're going to lose a lot of baseball games. I don't feel like losing. I'm going to go to the Dodgers, the Yankees, name your team. Whoever that it, it doesn't have to be one of the massive markets either. It could just be a team that's more competitive. Yeah. Even Texas now. Texas has been aggressive. Yeah. Look at what look at what the Texas Rangers have done. The the Rangers have not drafted well. But the Texas Rangers have Hit spent on their some money though. They've spent on they they've spent money, and they've hit on those players. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon has been fantastic. Marcus Simeon was the the guy in that first shortstop market that was kind of the ah oh, yeah, yeah he'd be a nice consolation prize. Marcus Simeon is a throwback Ironman player. He plays every day. He he pairs well obviously with Corey Seager, but they spent they spent some money on pitching. John Gray. Jacob DeGrom has not worked out. Jacob DeGrom, believe it or not, Jamie, he got he got hurt again. So he's he's out for the foreseeable future. But they spent big, and they actually hit on some of those guys. But that is – it doesn't always work out that way. The Cardinals found that out the hard way last offseason when Texas was involved and Philadelphia was involved and the Mets were involved. And you got all these teams spending, and they were sitting there like, oh, wow, we didn't see this one coming. Well, now you don't have that excuse heading into next offseason. We've got What's Trending coming up next on 101 ESPN.
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, after last night's start from Matthew Libertor, he only went a third of an inning. Uh, he has been optioned to Memphis, and Kyle Leahy has been selected from the Redbirds. Leahy will make his Major League debut with his first appearance. I had high hopes for Matthew Libertor just from the standpoint of he was – he gave you some hope. He gave you a bit of a ceiling. He was pitching well in Memphis before he came up. Your starting staff had pitched so poorly in April. He gave you that breath of, f- of fresh air. Young guy, lefty. We all know about the Randy Rosarina trade. I had high hopes for him, and unfortunately, it just it hasn't worked out. He hasn't been a disaster, but he hasn't been that lightning in the bottle that the Cardinals needed. And that's not on Libertor. Libertor should have an opportunity to just be him, not save the season. But unfortunately, it didn't work out for either the Cardinals or Libertor. So we'll see what happens next with him. Yeah, I think for for Matthew Libertor, he's he's just got to get back to work. He's got to get back to work. He's got to find his groove again. He's got to locate pitches, got to build up some confidence. Um, And as a young guy, you're just taking your shot whenever you get a chance to do it. But, yeah, I just, uh, his pitch location is just not good. I mean, you talk about a guy that's having trouble finding the strike zone and then doing nothing (laughs) but putting it right down the middle of the strike zone. Right. That's a really bad start last Mm -hmm. night. Like, it was one of those starts where you're like, they know every pitch that's coming here. And it's not because they're cheating. He just... It was not good. No. So what's next? He for looked him? like he was get throwing back down there and get to work. He looked like he was throwing last night, not pitching. We had t- we had talked about that right before we went home. We, we had the game on. I Jamie, you and I were talking. Yeah. I'm like, he's he's just throwing the ball right now. He was just hurling it. You could tell. I mean, Contreras would set set up low and inside. Ball would be, you know, out. It'd be it'd be it'd be away. He would set up. High and inside, ball would be low and away. I just, it, it was, was unfortunate. It was fault, though, you know? It he, was, yeah. He shouldn't line up in those places. It no. just confused the pitcher. Yep. When all else fails, just blame Wilson Contreras. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we have Matthew Libertor heading back to Memphis. Adam Wainwright now on the IL. Does Steven Matz get his opportunity to jump back in the starting probably. rotation? He has, has to. He, has he earned it? Who no. cares? He has no, to. No, probably. You're making a ton of money. Just go, just go pitch. No. He hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been terrible. It's been fine. Exactly. See, he's perfect for your rotation. It's been fine, Jamie. What else are you gonna do? Throw you. Well, yeah, that's an option. I, I don't know how long my arm will last. Uh, Give it a go. You're a competitor. You'll yeah, figure it out. Oh, I'll certainly try to figure it out. But no, Stephen Matz is your obvious default package on this one. 
He's got 44 million reasons why he's going to be the guy mm-hmm. going into the rotation. Right said that when, you had said that when he went to the, the bullpen. And you're, mm-hmm. you're right then, and you're about to be proven right, I'm sure, shortly here. Do you think if he pitches well, and I don't know what that even means. I think he's scheduled means. to start Sunday. Makes Steve, sense. Steven Matz. Sorry, if, if he pitches well, um, and we can decide what you know what that actually is, but uh, do you feel confident with him in your rotation next year, or or are you at the point right now where uh, gone? See ya. We need to not have you in the rotation anymore. Who's that? Steven Matz? Yes. Yeah, it's eleven million dollars. Says he'll at least get another shot because he'll have that much left on his contract. If if it's me, actually, he's got two more years. Never mind that. If it's me, I am trying hard to replace him. Well, yeah, there's no doubt. But what do you? We just went through the the, the dilemma that the Cardinals have. You're going to have a hard time finding two guys for this rotation, let alone three or four. Not after I trade somebody for pitching. It's a good point. John Denton about an hour ago reporting that uh, Stephen Matz will start on Sunday in Chicago versus the White Sox. Go get him, Matzy. There we go. I just... Mm, this is just so frustrating. <laughs> just such a frustrating year. Yeah, you it know? is. Marsh just went with the... It's just... <sighs> like last night. Come on. Oh, what about last night, Marsh? Well, Anthony, if you didn't watch the full game, the Cardinals lost because Jordan Hicks decided to throw. Hey, can we do the, the wheel? Ball can we do Paul the wheel Goldschmidt. of shame? Oh, that's a great idea. You guys told me to, to to go to hell in the first segment. No, we didn't do that, Anthony. Not at all. I wanted that wheel of shame to find out how. Our Redbirds are either going to win or at least just figure out how they're going to lose. Marshy, how um, how hyped were you when Jordan Walker hit that bombzilla? And then how drained were you when Jordan Hicks threw the ball into the bleachers? Like so, how was how high were you and how low were you all within that frame? So I was uh, I was pretty high. When when he hit the home run, I was at the uh, the gym. I was at the Big gym shot. at the time. I was watching it on the uh, the Bally Sports app, um, and I, I was on the bicycle. Right, I'm riding the bike, and I'm like, all right, were you well, warming up? Just you know, a little warm up. Okay, trying to get you know, trying to get the body flowing. Sure. And uh, he hits the home run, two strikes, and you know, I have my headphones on, listening to you know to the game. And I just go, yes! Like, arms up, you like I that, was on a roller coaster. You had that big of a reaction. Maybe not like that, but it was pretty, like, I looked around and was like, oh, crap. Like, eh, might have just kind of made a, Marsh a scene. Still, Marsh is still in it here. I mean, was the, that was a big moment, Anthony. I, I thought will, it was a big moment for him. I will it was say a, this. It was a big, a big moment, moment for the team. For it doesn't mean Marshy's back on board like the Cardinals are going to have a winning season. I think he was just excited to see a young player come up with such a big clutch hit. What was your reaction? I, I was excited. I thought it was awesome. I was like, that's awesome for the young guy. Huh. Awesome. What a comeback. Yeah. I, I celebrated too soon. <laughs> celebrated too soon. My- Mine was more. Mine was more like, oh wow, you know, like oh wow. 
You it's weren't nice more moment. than that? No. You're lying. So this now, season's been lying. dreadful. You're such a... So now to the uh, the part where they lose the game. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I just laughed. I laughed. I was like, no way. I, I mean, grabbed what, my what remote. There, what is there to do? And Because I, I got the DVR thing. Mm-hmm. Did you rewind it? I, I couldn't believe... I don't believe what I just saw. Again, James, stop doing that. I can't help myself. It just, it's just right there. That's like, you know what that is? That's like saying, let's bring out the Zamboni on a, on a blues loss. Mm. Technically, that Zamboni is going to come out it's no matter come out what. Anyways, but yeah. it's true. I see what you're saying, Marsh. Yeah, but right, I, you- I didn't believe what I had just saw and uh, backed it up, and I was like, "Are you blanking kidding me? That just happened. They just won." On a walk-off, I don't know what you call that, error? A walk-off air mail. Mm. All right, without further ado, let's do the Wheel of Sadness. This is what's going to happen tonight as the Cardinals host the, or uh, visit the Miami Marlins. Game four of this series, this wretched series. Go ahead, Marsh. So last night, or yesterday, the Wheel of Sadness predicted that the bullpen would lose the game, and the wheel of sadness was correct. <laughs> wow, really? Uh, Holy smokes. Okay. Yep. I, I mean, it's going with the odds. Anthony, what did it say? Bullpen. Yeah. 18 blown saves said that the wheel might have something here. Yeah. Okay, so bullpen, again, tonight is uh, is how your Cardinals are going to lose. So who do you think it is, though? Uh, probably Geo. Hmm. Actually, probably Hicks again. Oh, I think it's Henesis Cabrera. I think he mangles somebody with a pitch. Then he gives up a home run. Then it was a wild pitch. Hits the mascot. I mean, I can see a full Cabrera meltdown tonight. Do they still have that fish mascot? <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I think. What's his name? Sunshiny? Sailor. Sailor? <laughs> Sailfish. Sailor the Sailfish? Even though they're called the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was on Twitter today, and you know, there's always a bunch of dry. <laughs> there's, there's always a bunch of trolls on Twitter. No, um, what? Yeah, I mean, shocker, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they said that the Cardinals were a poverty franchise. It's the the term that they used, a poverty franchise. I thought that was funny coming from a fan that you know is. Uh, or a person that's a fan of a team that has only been to the playoffs three times, mm. and if you don't even count the COVID season, they've been to the playoffs two times in their entire existence. And they just so happened to win the World Series. They won the World Series. They did those years. They made, they made the As most the of their opportunity. As the wild card. Yeah, that was the Bartman year. And the first year was the was Edgar Renteria, his rookie year. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's what's trending here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN, where it's 511. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Are you willing to trade cost-controlled young talent for pitching? Even if it's guys you like offensively after you built this offense. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
this team's not talented enough to succeed. I think that's the only way that you can look at it. The way that they are, they can't pitch. Like, it's going to be very hard to succeed when you're a bottom five staff in all of baseball. That's Brad Thompson, who joined us earlier today in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. You can download the podcast after the show. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. BT joined us for just one segment today, but with when he said that, he absolutely nailed it. Jamie, I mean, he, he's he's right. You could see it. You could see that this team isn't talented enough. Maybe offensively they're talented enough. Maybe when everybody is healthy and you're not running them ragged, the bullpen is is good enough, is talented enough. But this starting staff is a massive problem. So the question now is, and, and Marsh kind of threw this out there earlier, would you be willing to trade young cost-controlled talent if it meant getting pitchers? So we're talking about guys like Newt and Donovan, Edmund, Gorman. You're not trading Walker, but would you be willing to part with some of that young talent? Again, cost-controlled talent if it meant getting you pitching. What do you think? Well, I think it would depend on who that is as far as the cost-controlled talent. Like, give me... Who do you think are those guys? Paul, well, uh, again, it'd be Donovan. It'd be Edmund. Mm -hmm. It'd be Newt. It would be Gorman. DeYoung's not going to fetch you much, I wouldn't think. No, but you're cost-controlled guys. He said, your question was, would you be willing to part with cost-controlled guys? DeYoung's got two two options. I don't really consider him to be the guy. Okay. O'Neal? That's a layup. Yeah, of course you're willing to part with. I'm I'm willing to part with both of those guys, for that matter. Okay, so let's let's center on Newt. It'd be Newt. Yeah. Donovan. Gorman. Um, Carlson. Edmund. Carlson. Carlson. The reason I brought that up because he's the, he's the first one. For me, I think Dylan Carlson. Um, I still think that he's got. I mean, he's so young for that matter that he's got tremendous upside still. I don't know if he has tremendous upside for the Cardinals organization. Mm-hmm. But somebody else might look at that and go switch hitting outfielder, can play any of the outfield positions, got pretty good arm, got pretty good speed. You might get a, quite a bang for your buck for a Dylan Carlson. I would be willing to part with Dylan Carlson. He, he would be my first guy because I think you'd fetch the most with him. All right, let me, let me ask you this. What if, and this is a total hypothetical, mm-hmm. because we don't know, it, different farm systems, you, know, you, could, you could say the top prospect in – Kansas City's organization, it's not going to be the same as the top prospect in uh, Tampa's organization. Okay, but just hypothetically speaking, if that if that scenario came up, and they say, "Hey, you can have our top pitching prospect, but it's going to be Newt and not Dylan Carlson," are you parting with Newt? I know your feelings on Dylan Carlson. Yeah, I part with Newt. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't view anybody as untouchable right now. Like. Who would be untouchable for you? I think for me, I think I would I would Walker. consider Jordan Walker. I think Gorman's part of your future. I think he's becoming in that category. But what if you got a hole for him? Like what if you got a? Uh, I mean, if I get two pitchers, if I get two starting pitchers. So what if you get a guy who's the same age as Gorman? Yeah, that's a starting pitcher, and you get a prospect pitcher. 
That's a that's a top guy. That, that's somebody that's pro- no, no guarantee, no but guarantee. it's a it's a he he projects to be not yeah. a mid row not a middle rotation guy, but he projects as a one or two. No, I'm talking about. I understand what you're saying. I know what you want, but I'm saying the offer coming back is you're getting a, a player of equal age and mm-hmm. team control left, who's currently already a starter in the majors. And then you get a prospect that projects to be somewhere in the middle of a rotation. So you're guaranteed two pitchers, one high end, one middle of the rotation, which is fine. I mean, you need you need players in every spot. Yeah. But it's going to cost you Gorman. Yes. I can't I can't be a hypocrite. I can't sit here and say show after show after show and say if you don't have pitching, you have anything, and then balk at that. Well, the reason I bring it up like like that is because the cost of doing business is going to hurt. Absolutely. For John Mosellock. Like, it's not going to be fun. He's mm-hmm. not dealing from a position of power. Right. And so, therefore, anything that he has to part with is going to hurt. So, the reason why we're talking, I agree. The reason why we're talking about this is John Morosi on threads. There's barely a, it's a new, yeah, I just, <laughs> new wave. I just downloaded wave. this thing. Anthony yeah. just got used to Instacart. I just got, yeah, I just got the old Instacart up and running. Now I got to now I got to download Threads apparently, yeah. but John Morosi on Threads, whatever the hell that is, <laughs> the Cardinals will listen to offers for Twitter their Twitter 2.0. Yeah, the Cardinals will listen to offers for their young position players in trades that would bring back controllable starting pitching. They have spoken with the Mariners, but it's already apparent that George Kirby is off limits in any discussion. Okay, George Kirby, who goes tonight by the way against Houston, is I mean that he would be. He'd be an excellent get for them. I wonder if somebody like Logan Gilbert would be uh, attainable from Seattle. So what happens if you trade, let's just say we trade Nolan Gorman, right? You trade Nolan Mm -hmm. Gorman and the pitching that you get ultimately stinks. They're not good. So now you have missed out on a good bat that you have been looking for since 2015, I'd say. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why you drafted, you switched your entire draft philosophy to get Gorman, Jordan Walker, all these guys. But now, since, you know, you can't, I don't know, you can't get any pitching, you don't want to pay for pitching, we're going to get rid of Gorman and bring these other guys in. Uh, But, oh, wait, the last time we did that uh, didn't really work out, and the guy that we traded away happens to be an all-star this year and almost broke a home run record. In, oh, he might have actually broke the record mm-hmm. in the uh, in the playoffs a few years ago. Just an electric player, the player that you've actually been missing in your playoff stints the right. past two seasons. Right. I can't get to the playoffs so that Gorman could do his thing if I don't have pitching. But you made it last year with a whatever rotation. But the rotation was better. Rotation last was year. better last year. Okay, but Would- why can't you go get guys like what you did? The, pra- the past three Why seasons. Why are you just you- continuing the bleeding a year from now or two years from now? Right. That's the way I look at it. But then you're in this you're in this cycle again. Now you got to go out and get a second. You got to go get another big bat. You're in the cycle. How are you going to get that big bat? You gonna you gonna you gonna pay pay for him? Well, they haven't seen we haven't seen that in a while. We probably have to trade away a pitcher that isn't necessarily ready to go now. But it's just a cycle. Marsh, you're not wrong at all. This is the hell that the Cardinals now find themselves in because they don't have pitching. You're you're absolutely right. And I understand why you're frustrated. I do. I'll, I would phrase it this way. Would you trade a young pass rusher? Look, you don't have you do not you do not have a quarterback. Okay. okay. 
You okay. do not have a quarterback. I'm closing my eyes and yeah. envision, envisioning this. You do not have a QB. Mm-hmm. Would you trade a young pass rusher in his second year for a quarterback that might be a franchise piece? That might be a franchise piece? Yeah. The pass rusher has developed in year two. Mm-hmm. But the QB that is being offered is a young quarterback that might be a franchise quarterback. I realize this is not apples to apples. I get that. But would you do that? I have heard might be a franchise quarterback many times, and they did not work out. Wow. I mean, that's... uh, So you're saying no? It's a real choice, Anthony. (laughs) It sure is. It's quite the choice. You. Some would even say... It's a tough one. A difficult one. Yeah. Very difficult. So what's your answer? Um Man, I don't know. I I, I mean, probably the quarterback to be honest, because you can't I mean, what is your defense going to score points for you? Exactly. Can the quarterback pitch? That's all I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> Would you trade a Jamie up to help me on this one? Sure. Would you trade a young goal scorer mm-hmm. in his second year? Okay. Your you your defense. Yes. Should I go defense or goaltending, Jamie? Goaltending? Uh, never a bad idea to go with the D. Okay. Let's go with the let's go with that D. Mm-hmm. You you trade a young goal goal scorer in his second year. Yeah. You just develop in his second year mm-hmm. for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. To get a, he's not there, but yeah. a, a potential Alex Petrangelo. So this one, in my opinion, a little bit more difficult. How many goals is this goal scorer scoring? How many points is he putting up? Uh, I don't know, he's putting up thirty say, goals a year. Thirty yeah. goals a year. Honestly, I think I'm I'm keeping the goal scorer. Wrong answer. Your defense is uh, sorry. I'm keeping the goal scorer. Your defense. The is, game is, is trending. Atrocious. The NHL is trending into yeah, and, goal scoring. And what did Vegas win with? Yeah, but they year? have they, they have they have like did, six big guys. But who did they have? Well, they had Alex Petrangelo. Who does Colorado have? Kale McCarr. That's right. Everybody has one guy, right? Like that sure. number one defenseman. But so, Colorado also has Devin Tays. I understand. They have that. like three of really good guys. So what does my decor look like? Your decor is horrendous. Horrendous. Yes. And I'm. What's the what's one guy going to do? Well, it's a step in the right direction because if you just go with the goal score, your defense is never getting better. And at thirty goals, you're not not outscoring the opposition every night. I mean, it's a real tough choice. <laughs> it's a Stalter's choice. Is that what they call it? Yeah. No, they don't. Not one bit. That's pretty much what they call it now. I to me, I don't. I I your points on Gorman are well made, and you're right. It's the cycle. I hate it. I can't. I can't care about a young hitter if my pitching staff does not have uh, an ace or a number two i'm not going anywhere and you're right they they pieced together the pitching staff a year ago and they took advantage of an absolute crap sandwich almost swore crap sandwich Mm. of a division watch yourself an absolute Hot dog water co- combined with well, there you go again with the wiener water the toilet water mm. after Jamie is done leaving him a, a Mike Keenan 
What's wrong with that's hot your, dog water? That's your pitching staff. There's a bunch of hot dog water on the fourth. It rained out. Yeah, but you were. It was rained out. You were not drinking that hot dog water. But you're eating the you're, the wiener. Yeah, Why wouldn't dipping, you just drink it? They're dipping the dogs in the that's water. That's a huge difference. Is it? Huge difference. Well, it depends, I guess. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We do need a new Beat the Street contestant here. Mm. So, uh, who, did he have Goldschmidt? He absolutely did. Poor Josh. Josh was left with, and, with Goldie, and Goldie said, mm-mm-mm. go blank yourself, Josh. I don't know if Goldie said that. He I, did. I, I actually don't him. see yeah. Goldie being able to do that. Oh, wait. He said, go blank yourself to Hicks. He did say yeah. that to Hicks, yes. My bad. I don't know. I mean, he could have had another opportunity to hit if that game stays tied. They go to extra innings. Mm-hmm. If he would have jumped like 30 feet in the air. <laughs> got the ball. If it had a better vertical, you know. Everything would have been fine. Be fine. I agree. Uh, it was almost the point where Goldie like was like one of those kids, and like he was going to throw his glove up to try and hit yeah, the ball, which is illegal. So, in all thirty MLB states, hmm. uh, actually, there's not thirty MLB states, are there? How many no, states Anthony, are some there? of the states have multiple yeah. teams? How many states are there? Like California, how, like how many MLB York? states? Yeah, it's a good trivia question. That is a good trivia question. Hey Illinois. Siri, ask Siri. She's always listening to She's that got nosy. 4% battery left. She said, go blank yourself. Okay. You've been doing all right. Anyways, we got beat the streak. And the up, biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> right up. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. Time to play Beat the Streak here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsham, Anthony Stalter. We welcome in Mike, who attempts to do a uh, a streak, put together a streak. What's up, Mike? Not much. How are you fellas doing tonight? We're uh, we're doing well. Appreciate you playing tonight. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, Marsh. What do we got here? What's your standings? All right, Anthony. You are still leading the way. And you, <laughs> Anthony, I mean, this might be the longest streak that you've ever had. You're at nine now. All right. It's a great job, Anthony. I'm proud Thank of you, Jamie. I so, appreciate it. Uh, and, and the record, streak. The record for us is Jamie's 10, right? It is. It is. Jamie, you're also doing damage. You have six. There we go. Baby. So that is your a, current streak. It's an upside uh, down nine. Sure I'm is. pretty close behind with one. You put us together, Jamie. You know what that is, right? Quite a team. 96. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Uh, and, of course, Mike has uh, zero because he's new. What? Oh, that's right. All right, so the order. Got to get started for the weekend. That's there right. Go. There you go, Mike. Uh, so it'll be me, Jamie, Marsh, and Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, guys. I'm gonna go with some somebody different tonight. Mm. Um, I've been looking at this for a while now, going through the statistics, the the uh, the launch angles, and things like sure that. Sure, Anthony. And uh, I'm gonna go with Luis Arise, oh, who has the goodness. worst uh, exit velo, mm. I believe, in the. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole world. Well, Anthony, you picked him yesterday, so you have, to pick, you have to pick somebody should else. should be a rule. Yeah. yeah. There well, isn't yet, but it's okay. It'll be it's the my, bylaws. It's my streak. It's not it. You said you were picking somebody different. Whoa. What the heck just, just happened? Kidding. My God. That was a little strong. It got elevated quickly. That's that was, yeah. yeah. It was aggressive. Wow. No, I'm <laughs> definitely going with uh, Luis Rice. I mean, if I'm going to end this streak, 
I'll go with the guy that's hitting, you know, 800. Jamie, so. he's trying to beat your streak. Yeah. And you don't have the tenacity? I'm not worried about it. Okay. It's going to go all for gopher tonight. <laughs> that's a good one. Have you seen this bullpen? Uh, go ahead, Jamie. Now he's going to get hit by a pitch and we'll be able to continue. <laughs> <laughs> Luis Arise, 0 for 1, 4 walks. I, yeah, I never thought he wouldn't get a hit. Yeah. All right. Uh, I uh, I am also going to go with a, uh, a pick that's a little off the board like mm. Anthony. Mm-hmm. A um, little bit more of an obscure pick. Hmm. Uh, Nolan Arnato, please. Ah, okay, Nolan. <laughs> he likes sitting in Miami. He's doing a good job right now. Yeah, he is. All right, Marshy. Yeah, give me Garrett Coop. Garrett Coop? Cooper. The Coop. Oh, yeah, Coop. Uh, he stung the ball a couple times. Yeah, he looks yeah. like he's 58 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's playing like he's... 28. Yeah, three for five on the fourth, and then two for four yesterday. He's driven in six in this series. Uh-huh. So far. So far. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, my original thought was Donovan, and he's still available, so I'll take him. That's a great call. All right. So. Might be a leadoff hit. That might be the only hit of the night. You're it's not all wrong. you need. It's so not wrong. It's all you need, yeah. All right, so I have <laughs> Luis Arise. Jamie took Nolan Arenado. Marsh took Garrett Cooper, and Mike took Brendan Donovan. Mike, good luck to you. I hope we get a chance to talk to you tomorrow. All right, thank you, sir. You guys have a great weekend. All right, appreciate you too. Thanks. All right, there you go. Let's beat the streak. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, gentlemen, we get a question from Lance earlier today. Is John Mozeliak ruining his legacy? I wonder. I, I mean, think what is his legacy? Well, World Series champion got to the got oh, the Cardinals he, to the World Series the, in 2013. Was he the guy? He was in 11. Oh, that's right, yeah. 11. He was. You're right. Yeah. You're right. In I take six, it back. he wasn't. In six, it was still Walt Chockety. 11, it was Mo. 13, you got you, you won a pennant in 13. Listen, Anthony. I'm not disputing the success of the team under John Mozeliak. I'm just wondering what his legacy is. If as mad as everybody is at Mo, that's why I'm asking. As mad as everybody is at Mo, if you were to retire at the end of the year, and we're talking about Mo, knowing it's all over, you're going to have a new president of baseball operations, and you look back at at the track record for Mo, I still think it's pretty good. I like agree. Matt Carpenter, remember how how everybody was so steamed with Matt Carpenter the last two years, and then he came back with the Yankees and he got the standing O and all that. Like Cardinals fans, yeah. In the moment, they're they're passionate. Some would say insane, but I don't agree with that take, Jamie. And I don't like that you that you say that. Yeah, I agree. Very I passionate. If I had said it, I would be upset. And then they've got perspective. <laughs> They got perspective after the fact. So yeah. I think if they look back at Mo's like track record when it's all said and done, it's pretty good. Yeah. But the last, like this year, the next, th- so the next three years, next two and a half years, how much damage do you think he can do? Hmm. Yeah. 
Let me rephrase. How much damage do you think Mo could do if he doesn't get off his dead ass and fix this thing? Okay, now that's excessive. <laughs> that's really excessive. What? Can't answer the question, Mr. Rivers. I actually think Mo's going to be able to turn this thing around. Not this year. I think the Cardinals are competing for the division next year. I think Mo is going to do a good enough job to compete for the division next year. I think every now and then they're an organization and its its workers need a wake-up call. And you can get complacent. And I think that's where the Cardinals got to. I think they got complacent because it doesn't really matter. We're, we're in a division that we're going to be competitive in. We're going to get our $3 million in attendance uh we're going to continue to grow ballpark village we're going to be just fine we, you know and then all of a sudden this thing jumped up and slapped him in the face and now they've got the old bleep going on i think the organization overall is going to do a, a good job of revamping this thing and making this team competitive next year i really i i really believe that we'll see i know huge deadline Yes, agreed. One of the biggest he's ever had. Probably the biggest he's ever had. He's never sucked like this before. It's true. So he's had other big deadlines where he's looking to add pieces because he wants to be a World Series contender. Right. It's a totally different approach when you're trying to fix a massive problem mm -hmm. rather than just adding a piece as luxury. Very true. Would it be uh, disappointing for you, let's say, if they move Montgomery and Flaherty, right, but they don't get that pitching that you're talking about, the the you know the younger type guys that are not necessarily at the major league level, but they're about to be. Um, if they trade away Montgomery and Flaherty, but they don't get that with a different type of deal, which would include a position player, will you be disappointed by that? Or will you not be because they ended up moving those guys that would would be free agents this upcoming winter? Um, I would. I, I will. I'll. I'll answer your question with a question, Marsh. When you wake up mm. and you've got a lot of things to do, okay, big day. You're producing this show. Mm. You got to put some segments together. You got to figure out who's going to be on the show from a guest standpoint you got a big day plus you want to get a workout in yeah you uh you want to eat right you're healthy you're a healthy young man okay you got a lot of things going on and you say by the end of the day i want to have a successful day not a perfect day but a successful day if you woke up and the only thing you did was change uh from your pajamas into your clothes. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing you did that day, despite having all the stuff in front of you. Yeah. Would you consider that a successful day? Depends how hard the pajamas were to take off. Anthony, honestly. How many buttons there are in those pajamas, Anthony? Standard amount of buttons. Honestly. Yeah. At the end of the day. I'm just happy to be alive. Okay. Then, yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, no, I wouldn't be... Would I lose my job? <laughs> Probably if you didn't show up. Interesting. That's my that's my point, Marsh. Yeah. You got you got all these things that you need to accomplish. Is someone else gonna lose their job? Maybe. Got all these things you want to accomplish, and the only thing you do is you change. That's it. Just change my yeah. clothes. That's just, I mean that that should be 
that should be standard, right? Yeah. The bare minimum yeah. for you to wake, to get out of bed, yeah. put some damn clothes on. For sure. That is that would be the the equivalent of trading two guys on expiring contracts. Like that's nothing. That's yeah. a nothing burger for me. Wow. That's I, you didn't do anything. Yeah. You did what you're expected to do. Basically. Like congratulations, you woke yeah. up and you didn't fall out of bed and hey, hit your hey, and hit hey. your head like I do in a pool. Is that sometimes. is that equivalent to a player demanding that he wants to be traded from a different team to your team and you just happen to make the move? Uh, I see uh, what you did there. Mm. Is it similar? Mm. I, I see what you did there. Mm. And uh, mm. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what you miss? Criticisms, compliments next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. anything from today's show make sure you download the podcast available at 101espn.com your 101espn mobile app it's all brought to you by dobbs tire and auto centers we thank you for listening whether it was on the radio or our youtube channel at 101espn stl tube youtube second day with the cameras on so jamie just realized they were on i kind of have forgotten about them yeah it's fine we appreciate you Appreciate you listening. All right, Marsh, what do you got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, uh, a lot of people on the text line really happy with you, Anthony, that you were asking Siri how many cities, or what was it? It was uh, either way, whatever. How many it was, MLB cities are there? Yeah, or states. no states, states, states. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you wanted uh, the phone to. Start talking. Wanted Jamie's watch. Watch. You wanted Jamie's watch to start talking, and yeah. in return, yeah. everybody listening. How many? Se- yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> decided that's to right. Start talking. Yeah. That's Sorry funny. about that. So, mm. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of great, actually. I think, I think next year on April first, we should do it once every hour. Just be like one about the Hey Siri. The next hour is like Hey Google. Yeah. <laughs> then, then the next <laughs> Alexa. Like, hey Alexa. Alexa. Just people like, son of a... I didn't quite catch that. No, you sit there and you go, Alexa, play 101 ESPN. That's <laughs> not a bad idea. Oh. <laughs> You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. oh, they're always listening. Congrats to Incredible. Anthony on a big gauntlet win from the 314. David versus the Goliath. That is Anthony. Oh, wow. So you're being nice. Yeah, David. Boy, way to pump me up mm-hmm. going home. Thank For you. For sure. Yeah, Goliath, I a huge win it. versus David uh, yeah. I mean, back in the day. Heavy favorite to begin with, so it's quite the win. Are we sure that uh, Goliath, he took one pebble to the face and he went down? Anthony, that's the way the story goes, and who am I to debunk it? It was Roman times, as you know, <laughs> and uh, the one thing the Romans are very proud of is yeah. the facts of all of their stories. Completely accurate. I'm just saying, who else was there? Was it just David and just Goliath? No, a lot of people. Like, did David emerge from the woods and be like, I got him? And meanwhile, Goliath is, like, back in his home think, thinking. How big do you think Goliath was? Do you think he would have caught that pitch or that uh, that throw from Jordan Hicks yesterday? Probably, yeah. Well, he might have caught it right in the eye and died. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Jordan versus Goliath. <laughs> 
Hey, Goliath, get your hands up one time, huh? <laughs> Just once. I mean, come on. Oh, uh, all right, from the 314, <laughs> love the show today, guys. Thought you had a spot-on assessment of the Cardinals pitching situation and the tough task that we have ahead of us, rebuilding the rotation. Thanks. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for the compliment. That was very nice. I got a compliment on my shirt today. Somebody on the that YouTube a- channel wanted to buy my shirt. Ooh, how much? I said... Not for sale. They just wanted you to take it off during mm. the show. <laughs> mm. They wanted to know where it was from. I said, got it from a tub in my attic. Mm. Wow. I have no idea how old You it wouldn't is. sell that thing? Hell no. Yeah, you would. Somebody offered you $500 for that shirt. 500 bucks? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Probably. There 50 bucks. 50? No. Yeah. yeah let's would. find the, let's find the line. Fri- hang on. It's a Friday night. You're headed out with the boys. And somebody says, I'll give you 50 bucks right now for that shirt. No, we're not doing a jersey swap. 250? 250? Yeah, 300. No. no. He would absolutely. What? Come on. Are you it's... kidding me? All right. I've seen this guy before. See ya. <laughs> You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.